Hello and welcome to episode 218 of the Random Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And I'm Kevin. And uh, this is our final episode of the year, and you know what that means, right? It's award time. It's award season. So we're calling this episode Taking the Gold. Uh, we'll be sharing our personal picks for Game of the Year, plus diving deep into all the news, winners, and just the presentation as a whole of last week's Game Awards, which, now that I think about, isn't gold, actually, is it? It's like a gray like a steely gray, the game award, the actual trophy. Oh, oh yeah. Just yeah. what kind of metal yeah. it would no, deserve to no, get. No, but, but the, that brings up the other reason we're kind of taking the gold because um, we're having impressions of Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games where they actually get real medals of gold color. Uh, plus, we're going to have our takes on the news out of Nintendo's Indie World presentation, uh, a look at or a discussion about Sony going multi-platform, which will be the show, which means a PlayStation game is coming to the Switch, which is strange to say out loud and uh we're gonna have our yeah you're wearing a playstation story right now in fact it's like you knew kevin i didn't Synergy. <laughs> but, uh, uh and we're gonna have the winners of our day and night giveaway at the end of the episode so stay tuned for that plus uh an announcement of one final giveaway for the year so there will also be that but uh to make sure you don't you know know what you to make sure you know what you want to hear and find it uh we have timestamps at antenna.com we have timestamps on our address if you're on youtube but let's start with the uh self-proclaimed and factually accurate Biggest Night in Gaming, as it is called, the Game Awards. Uh, they took place a week ago Thursday. I was there in person, as I do every year. You guys were watching on the stream. You guys arguably had the much better view because we were watching on a stream. Um, and all three of us have now had like a week to like kind of set in and think about it and whatnot, or not think about it, given on, given, you know, how it went. But uh, what were what were what did you guys think of the show? What were your takeaways? Um, disappointingly forgettable. Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, it was nowhere near as, I guess, great as as Jeff Keighley definitely made it seem to be at the start of the mm-hmm. of the show. So what what were like the sticking points for you guys? Like, why do you say that? Um, it felt like there were too many game announcements, and there was just a lot of like bringing in the developer after said game announcement, and mm-hmm. just like hearing their vision and like, yeah, it's fine for. Like, if it was something for an award, I would appreciate that more because most of these awards are for games I haven't even played. Like, I mean, if I'm going to go into an award show, if I'm going to watch a video game award show, I already have to accept the fact that I haven't played every single game or every single nominee. So any chance I get to learn about them is fine. It's great. I mean, that's the whole point of an award show. Right. But maybe just, I don't know, after the fifth year, I'm just starting to get annoyed by all these game announcements because most of these are very hit and miss i mean if you don't have the console you don't care if you do have the console and it's not a genre you like then you don't care like case in point like i don't know well people were some people don't care some people are into it regardless me but i get your point yes i said like not everyone not everyone's gonna care yeah like someone i mean the announcement of like bravely second two or whatever the hell game it is yeah which will yeah like dive into later but yeah like that one could either be like a whoa that's awesome it's coming or they could be like okay that's not smash that I was mean, pre-show as well too no that was the main show was it during the, the main the show best that's part how about that's that how one, they went much ever xbox series x the first ps5 game uh godfall or whatever it's called yeah, godfall. and then 2d rpg throwback on switch like it was like a weird you know he's even like what's nintendo bringing to the table let's take a look it's just like i don't know if you want to compare those with the others like I guess it's big for some eyes, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, Kevin, what, what's your feeling? Do you kind of agree with him, or I don't agree with some of his points. Uh, definitely, definitely, some of it is uh, is on me. I'm expecting sort of like E3, like oh, you're the opposite maybe of him. maybe Microsoft. <laughs> oh, 
yeah like we'll say we'll say their 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 media briefings as they call them now yeah i'm expecting game announcements on that level and we definitely didn't get anything nearly on that level we got two like league of legends games which if you love league of legends sure yeah but then we got like a like two mag- magic the gathering I announcements i feel like there you go league if you care legends, great if you don't i feel like league of legends and magic the gathering had even though technically it was fewer announcements had more of a presence at this award show than nintendo did even though nintendo technically had more announcements just because they were spread out better like nintendo was all front-loaded kind of and it was all like little small things and then bravely at the beginning and that was it they were quiet the next two hours but like magic and league were like perfectly paced throughout where it kind of felt like it was always happening and it was weird because nintendo dominated last year and this year it was like somehow those two are bigger than the biggest game company right like in recent years i don't think anything is and this might be my bias showing but i don't think anything is going to top that joker, joker reveal like yeah. you were in you were at the actual awards you heard the reaction that dude it was that nuts. people got the reaction like when you look up youtube just joker smash reveal yeah. reaction like just compilations of people going insane yeah joker like got announced and what was cool about that in my opinion is that like it was okay sure it's an expansion of a game that's coming out that day it's not really like like the reveals is like there's a lot of times where it's like oh look at this new gameplay idea it's developers kind of nudging each other like check out what i did like look at this cool new thing you didn't think of isn't that neat but like joker was such a like cross game industry event that it felt like even if you weren't like the biggest nintendo fan or if you didn't care about persona just like whoa that's totally out of left field. Like, just as someone that follows the industry or is in the industry, I feel like you'd appreciate yeah. like the crazy of that. That's and, a and you're right; that's hard to. Talk. That's a surprise character if yeah. I ever. And saw if I'm not mistaken, that was like one of the last announcements. It like... was in the back third or so, but it was definitely not the I last. But they also swore. did the whole interrupting the show bit, which Apex Legends did again this time, but not as well. Oh, and that's oh, it for that was crazy. Yeah. yeah, you know what's the thing who, about that who, is like loves Apex. It was like that's took way too, way too Well, long. so you know what's unfortunate about that one, to be honest, is you really have to know who they are too, because like my. Yeah. My brother-in-law came in as that was happening. He's like, who's this guy? Like, what right. game is he from? Mirage, and, duh. Yeah, and then, like, I was trying to explain, like, how the game worked. Like, just, like, so why are they doing this? Or, like, like oh, just winter clothing? It's, like, all this time talking about just the winter clothing. But, yeah, I think I think that's something, honestly, the industry needs to work on in general with the game awards is, like... Know your clout. Not so much know your clout, but like when you're showcasing a game with new gameplay idea ideas, that feels like a good fit. Like I was saying before, you know, if you nudge someone and be like, "Look at what I did! Isn't that cool, fellow developer? Like, can't you appreciate that on some level?" Or like when you do something crazy like Joker and Smash, that works because it's so so crazy. And like even like the Xbox, which we'll get to in a bit, but even that is kind of like it felt very much like a commercial inside the show. But it's kind of like, "Hey, look at this game changing thing that's happening in the industry. We're showing you first. But like. The stuff like Apex Legends, the stuff like the Fortnite conversation, I don't know what that was. The, it yeah, just felt too, too much like pure commercials, but they were on stage when they could have been commercials. And it's just kind of unfortunate because like, there are cool ideas behind them. Like The Apex thing, it was a little cringy. It did go on too long. It was literally promoting an in-game free event that's like... Well, okay, yeah, it was just you promoting an, an, yeah, an event. That's but happening. it wasn't even like a thing. But what was crazy, and no one knows because they didn't demonstrate it well... That conversation, the tech involved, was actually super cool. That was happening in real time. The voice actor was in a studio across LA Live in a mocap suit doing real-time puppetry of the character, and everything he was saying was facially animated on the fly in real time to what Jeff was saying. Well, yeah, they're not going to tell you that on the stage, obviously. They're not going to tell you during the awards. But I'm saying like they did all this really cool wizardry for that. 
It's just like that wasn't worth mm. that. So in retrospect, that makes sense why that went on forever. Yeah, but, but they didn't. That like, still doesn't excuse the fact that that was pretty weak. Oh yeah, no, but I'm saying like, I'm saying yeah, they should have like they could have announced like a uh, whole new mode yeah. in, a, in Apex or a map. Or and it's just a limited time of it. Like I yeah. said, I I love Apex Legends, but yeah, it was just and what's crazy about that is like they I can't believe they didn't do this at the end. Cut to the dude in the mocap suit in the other room, like you know, kind of as they cut to commercial or whatever. They do this all the time with the where they do stuff like that, like show how the magic happens. So no one knew there's a hollywood reporter article that actually details the tech i'll, I'll link to it on the blog post or episode but like no one knew it was that cool of a technology thing and like jeff Keeley tweeted out the second it ended i'm just like why would you not just have a camera in that room at some point and at the very end just show it, it we're just... gonna go over the winners i assume right yeah we'll get there okay. um but the, the other thing i was gonna say is kind of like apex the other one that bothered me a little was Fortnite. like i understand they had technical glitches i'm not bra- i'm not like dragging them down for that but like Again, the idea of su- what they did with Star Wars that Saturday after the Game Awards with Fortnite is super cool. And actually really similar to what they which did I with did Apex. Which I did not get to. Yeah. Which I did you not get to. 3.1 million do. people I did. I completely but forgot about it. you guys did not. I, for- I forgot to. I, 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 I'm not really I Star had to work a music so. festival. It's okay. Oh, was it uh, Rolling, it was rolling, rolling loud, loud? Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, it was like it's a similar idea where they actually had J.J. Abrams jeff Keeley and ben schwartz randomly enough in a room live voice acting these controlled characters by the developers and they were doing stuff based on how the participants at the was thing ben were schwartz? voting was he sonic or something well, no he was playing a stormtrooper a new stormtrooper character that's now canon in star wars that was blue uh what that's it was blue. not blue sadly even his blue character streak has ended corporate uh, synergy can only take you so far right <laughs> <laughs> but no like again it's a really cool tech was he his parks and rex character that somehow yes he was john ralphio singing mm-hmm. through a stormtrooper helmet oh that would have been amazing but no it's like really again really cool tech and i understand why they're hyping it up and it was like ultimately all they did all that event was was like the video game version of a guest going on a talk show and showing a clip but like it's crazy to think that was happening live they had people somewhere else there are three million people participating which you know is less than the marshmallow concert that had 10 million but still a good chunk of people for sure and they all got to get lightsabers at a big duel like it's really cool but like do you need to spend three minutes on the main stage of the game awards telling people to tune into a 20 minute thing three days later that could have easily been a 30 second commercial in the same way that like uh the reveal of jokers and batman joker was from world combat 11 where it's like hey Look who's back. It brought back memories of um, Sony used to really have really bad segments in its E3 presentations mm-hmm. where it'd be like, oh, man, they have all this momentum. But then something, year after year, something would grind into a hole. I remember it was Wonder Book one year. Yeah, I remember Where that. Wonder Book oh, went yeah. on for like 20 yeah. minutes. And I get that, like, unlike with Sony, like, Keeley and I think it was, uh, what's his name, like, Dom Mustard? Is that the name of the dude that works on Fortnite? I feel like his name is a condiment. Yeah, some, yeah, uh, some, <laughs> yeah but, I, like, they were, sure. they got a little thrown off because all the graphics were backwards and, like, not loading at the right time. So they were kind of ad-libbing it. Obviously, that slows you down. But, like, still, I feel like, like... I mean, like, Joker and Mortal Kombat 11 is kind of cool, but they were able to do that in a 20-second video. Why did a 20-minute event need so much more time on stage? I don't know. Harley but was also in that Harley trailer, right? Harley was also in that no. trailer. But she's... No, she was in the trailer. No, that's just a skin for... for Kathy Cage. Oh, okay, I mean, that makes more was, sense. Yeah, that's, 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 that's literally how she yeah, looks. That's her personality. Gotcha. It's just Interesting. texture. Interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, like... Um, yeah, like that Fortnite thing. I, I do want to say, you know, if you actually did it, I was watching some videos of it after the fact... You don't really know it was live. Like, if you're the end user playing, 
you didn't really get the benefit of it being light. Like, it's no better or worse than the Marshmallow concert. Yeah, but you, you got, it's super cool. You, and you got, like, a, a glider from it. Like, yeah. an exclusive no, I mean, glider like, that I cannot get anymore. No, I, I don't oh. mean that. I mean, the uh, like, having J.J. Abrams on a mic in real time responding to, like, whatever's happening on the screen. Like, considering he can't see all three million people, it didn't really make an impact but conceptually it's very cool and definitely like they were talking about like the metaverse for fortnite when they accepted the ongoing game award and how they want to make a metaverse in fortnite how it eventually be everything and that's interesting i don't know if it's good or bad i haven't decided yet but it's interesting for sure um speaking of that i just want to i'm a little actually disappointed that fortnite this quickly into chapter two decided to go the route that chapter one was that chapter one ended on mm-hmm. where it was nothing but like promotion after promotion after promotion like there was like three events going on at the same time like i don't remember the infinity it, gauntlet at one point right yeah like i was really hoping that chapter two was just going to a clean slate well yeah and it did start with a clean slate but like this quickly into promotion it was a little bit disappointing and not only that but uh the lightsabers in Fortnite broken. They if you hold like block, they will block anything. Really? And they take you down so quickly. It's so annoying. It's like it's like you have to take one into the late game or else you're gonna lose. Because it's literally just a shield and it has no cooldown period on it either. I bet the one thing they can't block is the fan reaction to uh Rise of Skywalker. Am I right? I haven't seen it yet. I just know fans are all over the map. Yeah, I eh. <laughs> um eh. It's a two two hours and twenty minutes. I'm never getting back. I'm seeing it tomorrow morning. By the time this goes up, I'm seeing it yesterday morning. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. But uh, you know, we were talking about like the presentation stuff, which is a point Ken brought up. But uh, Angel, you brought up the idea of like awards needing more time to breathe, right? Like, just like it seems weird that was so reveal heavy in your mind. Well, yeah, I'm like, if you're gonna do an award show, make an award show. Don't do E3 in November. Yeah, I, I kind of feel a similar way. Like, I do Cause with more awards. Because it's also starting to feel like for him to go bigger or to make it more intense, he's going to have to get bigger more announcements or yeah. more. And get a console. And, and then pretty much. And so <laughs> Let me just clarify. It feels like yeah. the award that he's going to get pushed back, back to the end. Like, I mean, it already happened. And it, and, yeah, and it already feels like that. Like, a lot of the awards, like, they just get handed either off screen where just like, oh, they also got an award for this, this, and this, and that. Or they yeah. won't even really say, like, or he'll just, like, it almost sounds exhausting. How exhausted at how many awards they have to say? It felt like he was speed running it. Like most of the awards, yeah, like, this like year just were getting them out of the way. Yeah, when they, they should be something like celebrated. special. Yeah, yeah, because they were all on that little side stage of like, his, and he was definitely just like, oh, this game won this, this game won that. This it's like if you that. want, by to... the way, thirty second teaser of prologue. What's prologue? I don't know. Ask the PUBG guys. Here's a forest. I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, <laughs> but I feel like if you want like video games to, I guess, have get more respect and appreciation, then these awards should also be treated with more respect and appreciation than they're yeah. definitely getting. I think some of it it's definitely... Like, it's like one of the few times you can actually credit or give awards to these things that like many people have never even heard of. Like, I mean, you would never see a character animation award except for maybe here. I know you definitely get one at the GDC NH. and at SayGraph and at other stuff. Because, I mean, that's why they would appreciate it. And you'd think here in the video game awards we get to recognize some of those things. But, yeah. nope, it's just... Game of the now, year. That's some all we of care it, about. Some of it, I think, is because the people weren't there to be like they a lot of awards shows you that sort of thing. Like for example, best performance was off on the side stage and they didn't give a speech. I guarantee if Mads Mikkelsen was there for Death Stranding in the audience, they would have for sure done a proper. Give it to Kojima. Part. Like the amount of love that yeah. Kojima has for like all his actors, just just have Kojima accept the award. Yeah, like how Doug Bowser did for Smash winning yeah. best fighting game. Just uh, just to clarify something, when when yeah. I meant like I want this to be a little bit like more E three heavy. Like more, mm-hmm. yes, I didn't. Mean, I didn't mean uh, like 
I want announcement after announcement after you want announcement. Quality, not quality. I want the quality of a of a Microsoft briefing of a Sony press right. conference. Yeah, because I think I think something about these reviews. Because I totally agree with this guy that yeah, some these awards just like getting the side stage. Like yeah. I was furious when Persona Five won RPG of the Year and it yeah. didn't get the stage. Like really, Persona yeah. Five, this game that is up for Game of the Year, you're just gonna give it yeah, one award. To mention, that's gonna some of these games the need the recognition, so like. Yeah, like people on the Switch and stuff. Like, oh, I mean, they haven't played Persona Five. They didn't know about Joker, right? I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. I yeah. think, um, I mean, I do understand why the reveals are part of the show. Obviously, like, they will attract a lot of viewers. They essentially pay the bills. But I completely agree that there should be more of a focus on it. And you have to sacrifice some of that money, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, and again, I, I, I agree. The ratio. I mean, is uh, off, does he but... know exactly what he wants? Is this what he always wanted? I, you know, I think. Well, I think it's something. I think it's possible to make both work. It it is and it isn't. The way I look at it is like think about something like the Grammys. Just in concept, not in, in ratio here. In concept. When you watch the Grammys, all the awards are for music of the past year, obviously. Like all the game are People awards announcing are awards. their upcoming albums and teasing upcoming projects. Yes. Not in those words, but yes, the music equivalent of that is when they have a performer come out who maybe is nominated for stuff that year, like, you know, Nintendo is, but they announced something new. Sony is, but they announced something new, you know. But they, they have those performers come out and Sometimes they play the old song, but more and more in the last however many years, the Grammys have had them debut a new song live for the first time or play their current radio hit or do like – like the last time um, Kanye performed there, he did a song that came out like a month prior and never charted just because like it, hadn't, it was not nominated for anything. It had nothing to do with the awards. He wasn't even nominated that year. But they're like, oh, it's a big name and it can be a reveal of sort the equivalent of a game reveal so the grammys do that a lot and i think well to be fair i mean at least they're still listening to music and appreciating music and you're still seeing as, games as, as, and as opposed to games. watching like a long trailer for harley's movie well well that was a commercial like, that's that let's, commercial? let's be fair that was, that was the... they cut the lights in the like they that was a commercial oh, it didn't seem like it was a commercial so you can't tell on the stream as well as in person but there are times when they cut to commercial no no yeah sometimes it was obvious but that time I guess it that one felt... that one like Keely oh, Jane yeah, I thought it. I thought that was yeah, that, that was part of the show too. yeah it, it, it was, why is this so, like being no, it shown wasn't, it, so... wasn't. it okay, wasn't it wasn't right, they I'll, made I'll... an original bit at the beginning but that was all pre-tape and in the theater well, the they cut the lights too, as if it was not on stage well it seemed very intentional you know like they raised the house lights for a few minutes the thing um, was really awkward too, with like oh, uh, so Margot awkward. Robbie interacting yeah. with like two streamers or yeah, or something. it was super uh, awkward. Yeah. But yeah, so I think my point though is like I think well, I any award show there needs to be that commercial foundation that allows for the award portion. I think Keely and Co just got a little carried away <laughs> getting rid of a bunch of with I mean getting a bunch of awards out of the way during that time. Yeah, which is what sucks. And I think they got carried away with their reviews because like Keely was doing an interview with I think it was Variety after the show. And he pointed out that, like, his own team's research and feedback that they've collected points to people tuning in because of the reveals. Like, not exclusively, but heavily. I know. So there's that, that weird balance. Like, I he could, was saying... I could um, name a bunch of people that literally watch this solely for a potential Smash Bros. announcement. Right. And and I think, you know, um, it, it's just finding that balance. And he admits that, you know, they're trying to find that balance. But I think some years it skews a little... It seems like every year it skews more and more towards the reveals. And I don't know what data he's using, but... It's a little disappointing. But, man, the reveals this year were weak. Yeah. They ended with that terrible-looking Fast, Fast and Furious Now, to game. be fair to that game, to be fair to that game, it's being developed by the Project Cars team. So it's possible it'll be okay because Project Cars is actually decent. That doesn't necessarily mean it well. I'm just saying, like, it looks worse than it is, I think. <laughs> like, I think it's it's, yeah, definitely a, the, it's definitely a game from the beginning of this year. But that's, but that's also, like, no, that looks like a, like a mid- 
and sorry to the developers of Project Cars. It's mid last gen. It it looks mid last gen. I I agree. They shouldn't have ended with that. I think that's it's interesting that you actually mentioned that because in the same article he also talks about the balance of like finding like outside industry folk with those in the industry. Like you know, in other words, the gaming slurries versus the general pop culture icons. And I think like in his mind, for some reason, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez were like, oh my god, this is so cool. But like the gamers, like uh, whatever. Like I think I, think I told you guys this, but like. I feel what happened there was somebody saw the Keanu reveal oh, at the Microsoft, sure. and they're like, "Jeff, saw who, <laughs> who can who can we bring that will get this this rise out of gamers?" Oh, and they just absolutely! Picked, and they're like, "Oh, we got a Fast and Furious game. Why not just get Vin Diesel?" And yeah, no, yeah, no, because some of them make sense. Like some of them, I kind of like. Like, um, you know, for esport player of the year, they always get a huge sports figure from some other sport to come and present it which is kind of like you know great acknowledging greatness acknowledging greatness greatness at least in theory like they had michael phelps one year they had steph curry this year like it's cool to see them be like oh yeah these are in a different field we consider them an equal at least that's the idea they're trying to present right mm-hmm. or like um having jonathan nolan like ideally a narr- someone that crafted narration in a game would have been cool but they aren't really people anyone knows so if you're gonna have to make like a presenter that's like something that people are like oh it's that guy like you can't be like hey it's the Except maybe The Last of Us director and maybe Corey, what's his name, that did God of War. I can't think of very many people who you could be like, here's a guy that's going to do narration and have it. Like, Miyamoto can't like, do I think they could pair them up. They could have... I mean, that's because, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. Because we can't have... It's not fair to put the responsibility on the Game Awards to make us aware of the names of all the important writers and yeah. creators and developers. I mean, Nintendo's been doing a better job of that lately. Even then, not the writers i know yeah. name a single tree no i know yeah writer well I yeah she has marketing people because they're out in the public no i mean in general yeah. like i mean if we're getting to know directors at least yeah but and like some of that works but like for narration i thought john Nolan, john Nolan was actually kind of interesting because like westworld is very heavavily inspired by tech and sci-fi and video games and that sort of thing so it's kind of like all right but you, they could do too you like, can draw you, yeah they compare him with a develop someone yeah. from the game world um and, and selfishly i just liked he was there because dark knight's my favorite movie and it was like oh last year we got hans zimmer this year we got jonathan nolan at this rate who co-wrote dark knight with christopher nolan at this rate like if i just keep going for three or four more years i will see the entire suite of everyone that wasn't on screen in the dark knight and i'll be very happy but uh no but in all seriousness like yeah they could have paired him with someone i think you're right that the vin diesel thing was just them trying to do a keanu moment um i to to michelle rodriguez and vin diesel's credit though like that whole weird banter they did about the games they play and where she mispronounced Tekken. To Ken. To Ken. Um, yeah. That was legit. That wasn't them on a script. No, I, I, I believe yeah. it. Like I'm... I looked at the prompter behind me and it was just sitting there static on. So we're excited to present our game and they just went for like a good couple of minutes. And I was like, all right. At least they like understand what they're doing there and like want to try and connect on some level. So I'll give them credit for that a little. But, like, yeah, it'd be cool if video game folks had the bigger slots. If a video game person did Game of the Year, it makes a lot more sense. Like when. Jeff Keighley was teasing um, a special guest for Game of the Year. My mind at one point was like, all right, it's going to be someone like Miyamoto or it's going to be someone like, you know, someone that's like really a legend or like Will Wright or like someone that's really a legend in the industry is going to show up and be like, hey, I especially because they didn't do Game Industry Icon this year. So that would be a way to sort of get someone of that stature to show up anyway. But um, I guess the closest is Reggie, actually. Like I thought Reggie's speech, I don't know what you guys thought Reggie's speech, but I thought it was one of the best parts of the night. Like he came out in like a funny kind of self-aware way which, by the way, Jeff Keighley did. That was not planned. Jeff Keighley, off camera, was freaking out when Reggie did that because he was like, oh, my God. Like, they kind of like, just like, oh, you're doing the thing, which was really funny because he was, like, totally caught guard by it. But then Reggie did that really nice speech about um, 
you know how every developer starts as an indie and it, it really just kind of encapsulates so much of what i think keely wants the game awards to be and what they sort of strive to be when they're not stuck in commercials like you know respecting developers inspiring one another this kind of wonderful kumbaya like we're all in this together vibe about like how the industry is like this great thing that we're all part of you know that sort of thing um and he did all that he talked about video games are bigger than movies bigger than like they're the biggest entertainment thing in the world and then you know 20 minutes later here comes vin diesel who's supposedly the big finale because apparently he's still movies are still bigger than games contrary to the stats that reggie just shared with us right well didn't you listen to what vin said a four minute trailer to fast nine i heard you know what they're doing for fast nine not only a four minute trailer they're going to have a concert in Miami to debut the trailer. And they're flying the press oh, all yeah, in yeah, to a concert yeah, yeah, in yeah, Miami. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. that. I saw that. But, like, um, like, I would like more stuff like Reggie is what I'm saying. Like, well, I feel like at this point you're you're going to get that. Because people compare the Game Awards to the Golden Globes. Yeah. If you want the Oscars, it's probably more the GDC. GDC. Yeah. uh I think BAFTAs do BAFTA, yeah. do a interactive like mm-hmm. category, but then also um, I think it's the inner oh the, I the, the I so, yeah that the interactive that academy of arts and sciences yeah there we go yeah like I feel like if you want sort of this is definitely more clout based yes here with yes. the public I those award right. shows are where you're going to get the true sort of. That's more what Angel's looking for. Yeah, right? that and and, and, I, and yeah, and I totally agree because like G four used to have an award show and Spike. Yeah, so this is just G- a, you know who well, produced well, G4's so this is a classier you, version of what he used to do at Spike. I would say it's mm-hmm. I would say the Madden one Game of the Year ones. Well, the, the ones at Spike were the video game awards. Yes, and at G4, which was which was, was Keely, Keely's, but yeah. that was at Spike's discretion of how it was set up. Um, like the celebrity host right. thing, and then he did he produced the G four one as well. He G4, started yeah. G four, yeah, yeah. G four, yeah. So he's been slowly whittling away at trying, but I think yeah, there's a. It goes back to his balance point he was making. There is a balance to find something that can get people to tune in because like yeah, the GDC ones exist, the I the interactive arts and sciences, uh, that one exists, but like there's a live stream of it, but it's like maybe twenty thousand people, which you know you don't, if you're not in it for the ratings, if you're not in it to try and make gaming's biggest night. And a thing where like you're celebrating the entire concept of video games and every facet of it, then sure yeah. you don't need that. But he's trying to then, do some sort of like holistic. Then maybe he should just cut down thing. on the number of awards. Maybe he should just have literally just game of the year and that's it. And then he could just spend the rest of his time making his announcements and just build up that game of the year. Well, again. I think he still wants to honor some stuff. Well, and like to be fair, like I'm not saying like it should only be the super. In my opinion, it should only be like real gamer people. Like, how many awards were given out on stage? Like six. Right, it was yeah. like they direction. Up it. Yeah, it was direction. Was direction. It was uh, game of the year. It was narrative. Uh, yes, right. And mate was it even six. It was ongoing game, sound design, uh, multiplayer game, which Tetris ninety nine lost. Multiplayer game? Are Wasn't you sure multiplayer that... up there on stage or on the side stage? It might have been the side stage. I, I just remember when Tetris stage. lost. I was like, no, and I went. No, to a if blind it was fury. on the main stage, it would have gotten like some celebrity card reader like not necessarily <laughs> and to be fair you know what to be fair before we start like the goose game be, one hey okay before we start bashing that that's what well that's what like, oh my about, god to get to the that's already. what i was about to bring up i think there is something to be said that if they have fun with the presenters in a unique way that ties directly into games sure like they got house house the developers of untitled goose game to make a fake version of untitled beaker game and like they had them directly involved in it it was a collaborative thing like that, 
I like that scene. I like that a lot. And I'm not just saying that because I got to breathe the same air as Beaker and Dr. Bunsen Heidi, or as close as you can breathe air with a Muppet. But, like, that was super... Like, to me, that was fun, and it kind of was, like... Like, it was playful about games, but it wasn't, like, using games tropes or stereotypes. It's no different in my mind than when, like, you know, you're watching the Emmys or Golden Globes, and out of nowhere, they're like, look, we got, like, Robert... Like, well, he's not legendary. There's some really legendary actor to come out of nowhere and announce something, even though there's nothing to do with it. Like, you know, like, one time, I think they had, like, Barack Obama announce, like, an award at the show, and it was just like, whoa, that's a weird get, but it kind of worked. And, like, I feel like the Muppet one worked for me it went a little long but it, i i really enjoyed it and like if they do stuff like that where they tie in something they have the developers involved i think you know to use the internet's favorite word it's very wholesome and it's fun and it felt natural enough to me but that's just me i no, I, I, I agree but yeah. but there's one thing i know we disagree on though the music i seem to remember you not in the moment not being super into the music am i wrong in what regard? Just just the uh, the performers, performances. I their, like their I like I like churches. Uh, they they started off the show right. Yes, with the Death Stranding. With song. the Death Stranding yeah. song, that's the issue that I have. Right. Well, but I mean that's no different than last year when they had the Red Dead performance, or the year before where they had. Uh, nope, that was the same year where they had the Smash Bros. performance. But wasn't that wrapped up in, like, the end section? They did a separate Smash Bros. performance. Granted, Smash Bros. wasn't up for award that year, but Red Dead had its own performance. I think it's just because that that, that whole issue that... Yeah, with Keeley. With, with Keeley well, so Keeley, to be fair to Keeley, now, obviously, if, if people who are listening to us for a while haven't figured out, I'm a big fan of what he's trying to do here. I really like his attitude about gaming in general and whatnot, but... Um, oh, you don't get it. He really likes it. I wouldn't go that far, but I do. I, I am a fan of his. And, like, to be fair, he did not get to pick nominees, and he did not get to vote on winners. He is he is not part of any committee that decides that. It's an 80-journalist committee outside of him and his production team. That, that he's never met. Not or he even knows where they work or their credentials. But, it, dude, it's, like, everywhere from, like, IGN to, like... The anonymous. It's IGN to Variety to, like... It's all, like, the main publications and the game-specific ones. It's, it's like, some blogs. It's a huge spectrum. Um... That doesn't mean they can't, you know, put their thumb on the scale, but he, to be fair, it seems like they are distancing themselves. And I totally believe him, but at the same time, if if I were Keeley, I wouldn't have Death Stranding anywhere near those categories. It'd be, I mean, if you want to call it unfair, sure, but, like, I'm I'm in this game. This yeah. is my award show. Yeah. I think I think that is almost the downside of him being so tied to the existence of the award show. Like, it's, it is his award show, or, or yeah, even that. No, but like, like he can be tied to Kojima, whatever. The same. He's also really good friends with Reggie, and is constantly talking about their friendship. But like, it's not the same as the BFF Kojima situation. But like, yeah, I think if he was like our team makes the game awards and he's just one of the faces, and they have a few of them, that would have yeah, they had multiple hosts or something. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought like so maybe I misinterpreted what you thought of the performances, but I actually like like what they're doing with the music these days like this is they have the orchestra for some more traditional game music but then like in the same way the oscars will bring out performers to perform songs from movies that are, have something to do with that year the game awards have mainstream major artists that directly relate to games in some way which is it didn't used to be that way i remember ray shreman did uh uh, Black Beetle with the mannequin challenge or whatever it was called at the time and all they did was what if we do the mannequin challenge inside a fake arcade and that was apparently the tie in that made it relevant to the game awards not really but like this year you know Churches did a really cool well um, choreographed performance for Death Stranding that had rain and stuff uh, Grimes had that very interesting performance where it was all cyberpunked out and did not end with her leaving in a cyber truck which was disappointing but 
Uh, that one's super rare. I don't know. What do you guys have on the stream? So half of it was her live, and then what? It was just all the pre-tapes, and it was digital just all stuff? The it, was, it was all the digital stuff. It was a lot of the digital stuff. Here's what's weird. Same for us. She the, 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 the screen came down in mid-performance. It went to digital, and then it just ended, and she was nowhere to – like, she didn't come out and bow. She didn't do it. She didn't, like, pop out from the side and be like, thank it you. It ended, and then we got, like, an awkward shot of Elon Musk <laughs> yeah. not knowing whether he should clap for his <laughs> own girlfriend <laughs> yeah. that just performed yeah. in front of, like – Well, he wasn't Jesus. sure if he should stand up because no one else was. And then he got what's-her-name from Sony, formerly from Sony, or not from Sony. What developer did she work at? You know, the super charming Japanese lady? The super bubbly one. Oh, Tango Gameworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, he got her yeah. to like stand up with him, kinda. But um, yeah, that was weird because like it just ended and then she was just gone. Like half that performance, he clearly was not performing. She was already like off stage, ganging a cyber truck and leaving or whatever. But um, yeah, that one was kind of interesting. And, and like honestly, like I, I didn't even mind Green Day. Like I, I, I kind of like like high school. Jason's like, oh my god, that was Green Day. That was cool. But like it. That was probably the least connected, but it was still very connected because they announced on the spot that those exact songs and some others are in Beat Saber now in the same way that, you know, if this was a decade ago, we'd be like, hey, Rock Band Green Day Edition is coming out tonight, which is a thing that it was released. So That also didn't do well. That was one no, of the reasons no. that the, yeah, it was. the whole... Uh... Remember when Paul McCartney of the Beatles was saying that Rock Band is going to be the future of how people listen and consume music in the New York Times? That was a real thing when the Beatles Rock Band was coming out in the press tour that game was expensive it was um but yeah the green day thing like i don't know if the stream and the video captured it but when they switched to the beat saber stuff for their new song their popular one you barely saw it yeah no it was cool in the theater because those beams of light apparently that's the first time they've used that high powered and that type of light of that like thickness of beam and it was perfectly synced up with the screen to do the beat sabering with the blocks and in the theater, it looked really cool because you could actually see the sabers fly around. But then I went back and watched it online a little, and I was like, wow, those are not at all visible. You could barely see it in the back. I was, like, lost. I was like, what's the, the like, game announcement here? And then Keeley said it. It was like, oh, yeah, they're coming to Beat Saber. I was like, "Oh yeah." at was... what point in the stream do you yeah. see, like, Beat Saber? But, like, if you pay just enough attention, you you can see some of, track like, of it. Like, some of it, yeah. Yeah, no, the in the theater, it was clear as day. So, oh well, yeah, yeah, sure. but which is weird because like they're not making this for the two thirds to three quarter full theater that we were in. They're making it for the, and this is the real presentation, the real number of viewers, the forty three million people that watched the stream. So you would think they would make it a little more visible. On Hold the on, stream. For- no, that yeah, forty three did not see it from start to. No, it's it's not it's not told it's viewers, not full views. Forty three eyeball, forty three so, million eyeballs at one point tuned in. For, okay, for like a split second, or however so long. I don't know what the metric they use is, or what the even Nielsen ratings are the same. When you hear the Oscar numbers, which are about twenty eight million for comparison last year, they're not saying for three and a half hours twenty eight million people watched every second of it. Well, the they're Oscars saying, also don't get streamed, do they? No, but they but for that one they use a specific metric of an X number of minutes or whatever. So I assume it's something similar. But anyway, we talked a lot about a lot about the show itself, but um, there were also the awards, which I know. You, I feel like you asked before you want to touch on. So, um, yeah, I mean, the awards. Before we even, like, touch on announcements or reveals or specific games that anyone showed, like, what do you guys think of this year's winners? Happy, unhappy? Do you think stuff got what it deserved or didn't get what it deserved? You're going to have to run my, <laughs> I don't, I, refresh I, my mind. Sure, so on the Nintendo I can't say I know what people... I mean, for Game of the Year, I think I only played Smash Brothers. Resident Evil. Oh, and Resident Evil. Oh, that was one of them? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, those two. The other, I mean, I've heard. Oh, I will okay, say Seiko or how do you pronounce I, it? I've heard great sure. things about Sekiro. Sekiro. I've heard great wow. things about. Did I just say Seiko? Death, I mean, I've heard great things about all of them. So it's like, yeah, like if if any of them won, I would have been like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sekiro I would have been surprised. Surprise, yes. That came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, I thought Death Stranding was going to win just because of the, 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 the show. Yeah. connection. Um, Don't call me by surprise. I, I honestly, I thought would have thought it would have been weirder Smash, but this one. No, I didn't think Smash. It's like really I love that game, chance. but like, yeah, you're not gonna win. Like, I mean, theoretically, if you think about what a game of a of the year is, Smash I mean, is kind of up there. It encompasses. Well, it's been ongoing all year. It encompasses so much of so many parts of gaming. Like you're thinking about a game that represents. No, the yeah, year I mean, I mean in a way, you could just, but that's not the same. You could justify for year, all of them, so. but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, to to refresh your guys' memory and list those listening, I mean, at home, Resident Evil won something, so it's not good. Did it? What did it win? What did it win? Didn't you tell me that it won something? No. Hmm. Oh, so <laughs> did it win anything? Because I'm pretty sure I asked in the chat like, "Oh, I'm just waiting for a Resident Evil game or Resident Evil's win, and then, or maybe it was Smash Brothers." It was Smash Brothers. You, best you're waiting for game. Smash Brothers. What game. else did What else did it win? Best fighting game. Oh, only best fighting game at, uh, in the pre-show, and Doug Bowser got up and gave a kind of a, a decent announcement. You know, nice. Um, I think the no, only thing that won Evil? two awards, not even sound design. Was, that, that was oh, never mind. Death Stranding won like two or three awards. Sound, right? uh, Death Stranding won narr- uh, direction, sound design, and music. Okay, so three. And music, like hmm. I that you know that debate about music, you could say goes back to the whole debate with um, the Oscars of like original score versus soundtrack, where they eventually they split it, but I'm sure at one point they did. It's kind of like. Like Death Stranding, I think it was awarded for that soundtrack it had because that was a lot of big name artists that did a lot of unique stuff for it and had good. Like the Church's song is nice. Like you know, there's good music on it, but I don't know if it was rewarded for the score versus the soundtrack. I think they might need to split that in the future. But for to remind you guys on the Nintendo side, here's which games for Switch actually won awards by the end of the night. Smash won Best Fighting Game, Fire Emblem Three Houses won both best strategy game and the newly invented player's voice fan voted category which was only made because people complained that Fire Emblem and uh, J- uh, Star Wars the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order did not get nominated when they should have so they made this award to kind of appease them uh, Wait, what? how did it not get when it should have people were saying these games are good why did they not get more attention they deserve more attention so Kiyu said okay I hear you well, we're going to make a player makes, choice award Fallen Order kind of made sense yeah, it was because it was, too, it was yeah. late in the game but, but like Fire Emblem didn't get nominated get over it yeah but apparently there's enough of an outcry that he's like well why don't we do no but this? but yeah. yeah it's very cool that they did that yeah so. and then Gre- uh, Greece won the game for Impact Award which is what Reggie presented uh, Crash Team Racing won best racing sports game I did not expect that Fortnite best ongoing I mean, game what was it competing against uh, sports Racing, oh, racing oh, slash sports? Yeah, racing yeah. slash sports. Oh, I thought you were specifically like racing no, sports. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, okay. it, was, it was Crash versus I mean, nothing. I, I think there was yeah. a Garfield racing Garfield game Richard that came out. Garfield, yeah. yeah but, I, I um, Garfield Kart. And you guys, you can't forget the most important category, the family game category, which was the Nintendo category, where it was five nominees, all first-party Switch games. It was Mario Maker 2 versus Smash Bros. Ultimate versus Yoshi's Woolly World versus Luigi's Mansion 3 versus Ring Fit Adventure. And the award went to Luigi's Mansion Three. So, what, like, who wins that award? Like, is it which game is the most family friendly? Which game is the That's best a good to play question. with a family of five just to leave with your kids? That's like, a good question. Like, oh, this is the most aggressively E-rated E for everyone game. I think it means a game that... It's like, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, do you d- feel d- that Luigi's Mansion family... does not embody what family is in your mind? I think it was the least deserving of that award based on what I define as a family game. Because but do you think it was as a quality game? If okay, let's let's say it was the Nintendo category, and there's five Nintendo games. Which of those five do you think? Oh, there was just that? best Nintendo game. Sure, because that's what the award boiled down to, really. Of those oh, five, man. Maker, Smash. Well, you're gonna say Smash. So let's take Smash out of the equation because that's its own. Maker, 
Uh, Wooly World, Mansion, Ring Fit. Um, probably Mansion. Interesting. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, considering that Smash is going to win Best Fighting Game anyways. No, yeah, but I mean, with it, yeah, if it's Best Nintendo Game, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll game give it to less on board. So what do you think should be a family game? Like a game that's know, inclusive so, and fun and a because, I mean, multiplayer. Because, I mean, it does have a multiplayer, but I feel like it's definitely not what you come for for I, that game. I do think they're trying to fix that, though. But, I mean... Like, we... So like, as we, a family game, I feel like Smash does a better job of that. Right. Um, What else was there? Mario Ring Maker? Fit. Mario Maker also has a... That, I mean, it has that whole four-player segment. Yeah. It's very kid-friendly, too. I feel like that also works better. I, I do think you, you made the comment about how you don't go to Luigi's Mansion for mar- multiplayer. I think well, you're right, but we I feel like we owe not a game an apology, but when it first came out, we gave our impressions, and we were like, yeah, multiplayer, why even bother? And then we tried it, and it's actually kind of fun. Like, we did Scare Park in, like, a multiplayer thing with, like, over, like, the Thanksgiving week, right? Well, yeah, because we have the means to get, like, eight people together. Yeah, but when you, when you have the people and the means, it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, it's fun, but I'd yeah. still rather play Smash Brothers. I think that that award is supposed to embody, like, I can play with my five-year-old yeah. sister. That's probably I, it. I'm not going to cross generation. That's exactly play. what I was missing. Like a bunch of different people, yeah. different yeah. ages, different skill gaps, just playing together, and it won't matter. Yeah, like some you know get something like Mario Party. That's perfect. Like even I feel Smash isn't that great for that. No, it's yeah. not. Like, like you could imagine Smash already. Too, like now <laughs> imagine me aged down by twenty years. <laughs> yeah, and how sad you'll feel. Like, yeah. like honestly, like unless they're specifically talking about like and the award for best family game goes to that, um, that Life Ring mini game in Luigi's Mansion. That's the most like family right. friendly game on there because the other ones are way too complicated. Now, now to be fair, they could move in that direction. They announced know, yeah. new DLC. It's, it's just for a Luigi's weird. Mansion. It's just a weird award. Yeah, but the, the Luigi's Mansion. I'm actually really curious where they go with the multiplayer for Luigi's Mansion because they uh, like yeah. Did they that, go like, anywhere? Well, they they're going somewhere. They they announced a two pack. So for ten, not the wrapper. For ten dollars, you can get RIP two. <laughs> for ten dollars, uh, you can get a two set piece of luigi's mansion pack one will be out before the end of the uh, end of april 2020 and will include three new mini games in scare park and three new scarescraper floors with matching costumes right with matching costumes for luigi then end of july you get three more scare park mini games and three more new floors and matching costumes for luigi in uh scare or scream scraper and uh at some point if you buy this i guess right now you get a, a flashlight that has Polter Pup's face on it, which you can use in single player or multiplayer, which is apparently a selling point. I don't know. But the costumes they've shown so Very far for Luigi. Yeah. The costumes they're showing for Luigi make me realize that the only place this is going to be interesting, I think, is Scream Park, because for Scarescraper, they're reusing existing themes from single player. So, like, there's Luigi as a knight, and it's all like the kind of Camelot themed. And then there's Luigi in an Egyptian tomb, and he's dressed like a mummy now. And then there's the best one, which is Luigi full on disco stew looking with a big hairdo and a open chest that with a great. chain. It's amazing. But that's obviously based on the existing dance floor, dance club one that's in the game. So, those are a little lazy, but considering you're not showing um, Screen Park, I'm hoping that means maybe we'll get some cool mini games out of it. I don't know. Um,. But, yeah, it seems like... I don't know. I feel like if I were the Luigi's Man... Like, I almost feel like an Octo... Uh, I almost say Octopath Traveler. Octo Expansion-style update for Luigi's Mansion would make more sense than what they're doing. 
What, like one like big they, one? Yeah, like of... a big one that adds a whole new mansion or something. And then in that, they can add some multiplayer stuff. I feel like this is like... Do you think they were better off just holding off until they could have one big one and just put all the reveals together? No, no, no. I'm saying like instead of just doing like drip feeds of new mini games and new floors, I feel like they should have done a bigger update that has a single player component that introduces a whole new thing instead of just like these little piecemeal... Well, I mean, they're definitely doing it. Yeah, I mean... Like, like a whole new single player component. They're just not ready to do that, I guess. Yeah, so maybe that's coming down the pipe. And this is only 10 bucks for all this, which, you know, you're getting six new mini games. How many mini games are there currently? Two, three. So you're getting a lot more. There's three. <laughs> that's not too bad. One of them is not worth playing. The other one is okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully these six will From be From the better. current one. Yeah, there's like one that's really good. One is okay, and the other one is like... One's just garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like considering they're waiting until April and July to put these out, Hopefully, hopefully they're actually putting some time time into it. I don't know, but yeah. So that's the best family category. Um, real quick, while we we mentioned Ring Fit, just throwing it out there for anyone's interested. Um, Nintendo's doing a mall tour of Ring Fit. Like you can go to. They usually do a mall tour of all their games for the holidays, like all their big sellers. This year, it's just Ring Fit, which is interesting. I wonder if like they've seen the demand in Japan, where it's so bad and so hard to come by, and there's so many shortages. They had to issue a public apology. And I wonder if they're like, we can do that here. We just need more people to understand Ring Fit. Because along with Luigi's Mansion, the other thing that collectively around Thanksgiving week we were all playing was we were getting a lot of people into Ring Fit. And anecdotally, I know at least one person who has a Switch in Ring Fit now. Another person already has Switch but bought Ring Fit because we were all playing it. And they're probably both listening to this at some point. Uh, but yeah, like it, it has that power. And I'm kind of curious to see if Nintendo's going to get a boost from making a mall tour dedicated just to it. I think they're trying to get uh, a hold of those people that are New Year, New Me. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, New Year's resolution to yep. like to like exercise and be healthy. And like, hey, we got this exercise game. Yeah, in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. I've literally heard you say that already. Next year, New Me. New Year, new, you heard me say that. That was our episode yeah. title this year, 2019. Oh, what? the first one oh, of the wow. year was New Year, New Me, but M I I. What's the new Jason going to be like? Um, I don't know. See so, yeah, how I changed from January to now, and there's your answer. Oh. But anyway, um, we're we're kind of getting sidetracked. Um, the we got into news, so I guess that brings us to the next part, which is the announcements of the game awards, the actual reveals, the actual stuff. Because we've been talking about the ups and downs of shows format and how the announcements are kind of bleh, but like. We didn't really talk about any of the announcements. And, like, to be fair, I don't know how much we can blame... I was going to say what announcements. Well, yeah, but, like, to be fair, uh, I don't know how much we can blame, like, Jeff Keighley for the announcements being, like, what announcements. Because um, he kept saying before the show, like, in all the pre-stuff where he does, like, the Periscope streams, like, hey, we're, like, you know, we we get what developers give us, and it's going to be a great year, but, you know, it's kind of in their hands what what we have to show. And I kept thinking, like, why do you keep saying that? And then I know at the beginning of the show there's something that jumped out to you, Angel. Well, he said, I think we're going to have a great show. And I oh, know, no, no, he said, like, like, I hope you No, no, like, 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 oh, we've been, like, preparing this all year, and I think we're going to make it worth it instead of it's going to be worth it. Which on one hand, Even if it's a lie, it's like, you don't say that. Because that already gave me the, the precedent that like, oh, he's yeah. he, he's not sure if there's going to be any good. And I think... On, he's not confident. On some it. level, we probably should have seen the writing on the wall because this year is absolutely a transition year for the industry as far as like going from current generation to next generation. I mean, look at why E3 was kind of ho-hum in, term, in terms of announcements. Like Sony didn't even show up. Or like, uh, if you look at like, and watch me slip in a very brief Jason sales corner, if you look at November MPD charts, Bear with me here for a sec. Software sales, year over year, down 14%. Hardware sales, year over year, down 24%. And that's with Call of Duty having a huge number one debut. That's with Jedi Fallen Order landing at number two and doing well. That's with the Switch 
still being the number one selling system and being up year over year. That's with Pokemon having the single biggest U.S. launch in series history in terms of well, revenue. The biggest industry is just going down every year. No, well, no, the industry the industry goes up and down, up and down. My point is, even with these few flash flashes of greatness happening on the chart, no one's buying PS4s or Xboxes anymore because we're at the end of the cycle. The mm. next one's coming. So why necessarily would you spend all this time and effort promoting? something this year when you can save it to be part of your big launch mm. next this year. This year there won't be a Game Awards to, to spare you. It, but I think that's why it's like that. Oh, actually, fun fun fact about Pokemon before I go too far. Um, this one I just thought was kind of weird. Um, I said, you know, is the series best performance uh, how did I word it? The biggest U.S. launch in series history in terms of revenue. Which, when you hear it at first, like, oh, that's really cool. And they're like, wait, this is the first time a Pokemon game's cost $60 outside of the spinoff of Pokemon Let's Go. So, yeah, it is, but, like, it's kind of cheating to get that. But uh, one kind of interesting thing, um, it was number three, number four, and number five on the sales chart. Here's where it gets interesting. Number three was Pokemon Sword. Number five was Pokemon Shield. Number four was the dual pack. What the hell, man? <laughs> Meaning more people prefer to pay double the price than to be stuck with shield and shield alone and i feel like that's a personal affront to me because i was all about buying shield yeah <laughs> that's the one I, that like... I bought <laughs> but well, um, if you any better that's the one Elvis wanted but he bought sword by mistake oh yeah the designs were hard to tell apart in terms of the pokemon like one does have a shield one with a sword but they're the most generic designs they've done for legendaries that don't you know what I mean? Yeah, the legendary. Like dogs. one is one in his mouth and one doesn't. And no, yeah, they, the they they have a very similar yeah, yeah. face and body. But if you combine those numbers, uh, three, four, five, the, it would have actually been the number two game on the chart, right behind Call of Duty. But um, because of the, the split, so how would Man, Call of Duty? Just so, so I'm guessing the day that like. I mean, I'm guessing the versions always do well, like relative to each other, or have there ever I've been? I've never seen the double pack perform better. Oh than no, well, I mean, ignoring course. the double pack, but have there Isn't ever this been? The first time that there's a double pack? No, they've done it for the last couple. Sword and Shield, oh, okay. had, or <laughs> Sun and Moon had it. Yeah, I want to say Gold and Silver also. Uh, gold, no, they did not. Really? Uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, my but the original. No, that's a like Heart Gold. And they Soul. No, they started doing it in the DS days. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Heart Heart Gold. I and think Soul they did, but the original Gold Silver. Sorry. But um, I mean, have there ever been like a version like say Gold sold like amazing as well as a Pokemon game does, but and then the Silver sold tanked. like like it didn't even chart. There's always a discrepancy, but it's at most a couple places apart, not like one. Because I'm wondering chart. if that would have to happen for them to go. You know what? Just no versions. Just no. The ver- dude double pack. The dual pack proves these versions still work. People are willing to pay eighty. Nope, that's a lie. A hundred dollars or hundred ten dollars. Like, there's no reason. Now, I was gonna say, yeah. like, well, I mean, if there were no versions, then you would get all the same people. But they're literally buying the game twice. Yeah. Yeah, that's and they're buying it in larger quantities and than the people the that wrong just bought one. Through. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, so I got a little carried away with the numbers there. My my point though was that when you're in one of these transition years, of course, there's not gonna be as much on the news front. Like companies are saying their projects. For next gen for the hype cycle next year you know stuff like goodfall being teased as ps5 game during the game awards is probably the exception not the rule and i think that's why at least for me an announcement like the xbox series x that kicked off the show was very interesting i would say like in terms of big game award surprises it's higher than most game reveals conceptually lower than joker and smash because of the sheer randomness of that one but like seeing an entire new console revealed on stage was definitely a surprise and the way that Keely sort of slyly introduced it and the way they did the trailer where it started seeing like a game trailer then suddenly the genres were all kind of mixing and matching and then there was Master Chief it, it was a very good like slow build into oh this is a box not a not a game um, I mean what do you guys make of it what do you think I think it should have been safe for last honestly it was kind of a early like it, I could tell they were doing it partly to be like hey 
this is gonna be a crazy show you should keep watching except then it wasn't no yeah yeah so. i mean what would what, you what's your take on it do you think it made sense there do you think it was a good fit do you think the box itself is cool angel mm, no and i guess i mean i guess and no but yeah um i think the design's really cool i like the design a lot but all that all that was was a box literally a box yeah there's nothing new. we didn't get anything new from yeah, this announcement all that, we got was the, the project knew that trailer this... was more interesting than the I, I will like, say talking about yeah, all the teraflops I, that they were putting in this thing I, I, I yeah I am kind of split on the review on like whether or not I actually liked the reveal like like I said conceptually I think it's a great idea and a smart kind of different approach for Microsoft because like why host a press conference and do all this build up of marketing to get a few million people to tune in when you can just genuinely surprise an audience again like I was saying before of 43 million people uh like that's an easy no-brainer for microsoft they basically hijacked someone else's crowd and then everyone gonna be at least a little curious about the new console and they were able to kind of capture that interest on some level honestly the 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 next reveal after that godfall no um center was saga oh hellblade oh, 2. yeah hellblade 2 that one caught me off guard more than the than the box than, than the box and it, it paired well with it too because it was like look what this box can do so that was kind of probably the closest to the project uh scarlet reveal that you were referencing angel where they're yes. actually demonstrated how it worked um I, i'm kind of in my mind viewing them as one cohesive thing they did um it was interestingly cool the to be mechanism. yes what no it yeah. was interestingly cool to this is gonna sound dumb i'm just gonna say it. like i was at the microsoft theater for microsoft conference and they were like here's project scarlet and then i was at the microsoft theater for the box being revealed and i feel like i now i'm just destined to somehow be at the first playable event. I don't know how. If there's well, no reason I should be. Think there's going to come to my house with a controller. There's going to come to my house with a controller. For this to become an Xbox podcast. No, not at all. I'm not even saying. I, I like the design. I like. I don't know what it is with designs lately. It would be perfect for. It makes sense for you to branch off into Microsoft. I mean, we. You know, I did in college. We, we, consider an Xbox 360. We, we did yeah, become the Sony Nintendo household. You should become the Microsoft. I'm one. not going to jump. Green shit. and red go well together. You get Christmas. Which you're Jewish, so so meaningless. No, but uh, <laughs> they'll, get, they'll, they'll get blue, I guess. But then the Sony gets but, three. Yeah, it's just got three. No, um, just celebrate gaming in general. Get every, get Stadia. Get every possible way to play a game. I'm good. Can we talk about that Stadia ad real quick? Yes. Oh, so many Stadia ads. There were only two, but they were like five oh, commercials each. Well, no, they came out a lot of commercials. I like Reggie Watts. I just want to say that up front. I don't like that commercial, but Reggie Watts is cool too. Man, those. It was so cringe. It was it was so bad. Google wanting to make memes. You can't as a corporation want to make memes. That doesn't work. It has to happen. And you can't force it. And they tried. I mean they tried. They're definitely trying with Stadia and none of it's working. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how it's like completely like everyone, like Sony and Microsoft really thought they were a threat when it first that's like there are stories of them like going developers like, guys, we have cloud stuff to I mean, worry it's about. It's only gonna work. And then it's just like it's off. only ever going to work once the consoles like just straight up do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, the PlayStation and, and, already does that. Well, like definitely, like once they're like going to exclusively do that. But I think honestly, I, I, I mean, think... at least the way the consoles are going, I mean, it does feel like it's a matter of when. Yeah, if... like yeah, like they're they were slowly like unshackled, unshackled from Nintendo. Reggie actually said on the red carpet of the Game Awards to someone, Hollywood Reporter, me that like the next big thing in gaming is going to be streaming, and when the technology gets there, it's going to take over. Not, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he's like, that's it. That's the future of gaming. He would never have said that under Nintendo. He'd always do his wishy-washy, like, yeah, we're always looking at new technology and exploring possibilities, and, you know, we're going to do things the Nintendo way, but now that he's outside Do we know what Reggie's doing? Yes, he has two companies. One is a consulting firm, and one is some sort of um, 
something involving education, I think. Uh, one is named, um, like, has a generic name, like, Mountain Point Consulting, and the other is, like, literally, like, Reggie fils Co-LTD or something. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, and he, he is a um, visiting professor or resident or whatever it's called at a Cornell. And he will be involved with the New York Game Awards in February where they're giving him a uh, – uh, it's a thing that exists. And they're giving him some sort of like icon award because he's from there. And um, he actually – as a fundraiser, I believe, for some sort of um, game dev program for kids, he will be doing a meet and greet for 70 bucks a pop. You get to hang out with him and get a selfie and stuff, and then it all goes to charity. So he's keeping busy. The fact that I know this off, all off the top of my head, I don't know how or why. I'm sure you do. I don't. I actually have no idea where I got this information. I can't even remember wow. where I read it. Oh my I just know. I just absorb oh it like a sponge. But, uh, yes, that's kind of, I think that's, yes, that's the Xbox. Um, but obviously there's the Nintendo. Oh, you know one thing about Xbox we didn't talk about? What do you guys think of the name? Xbox Series X, which is not the name of the console. It's the name of that specific box. The console, the next-gen Xbox is, are you ready? Xbox. Xbox. That's it. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah uh, that's pretty much what they've been doing. It's... Yeah. It's interesting because, like, the internet seems to think it's, like, there's, like, a whole brouhaha about online. Like, oh, that's going to be, so, like, the Wii U days. Oh, that's going to be so confusing. You're going to be like, I want an Xbox. Which Xbox? Xbox Series X? Xbox Series, you know, Xbox One X? Like, which? But I don't know. It feels very Apple to me. The same way that iPads are just iPads. And then they have the year or the, or the series, like, Pro versus Air versus Mini. Like, how is this any different? Wasn't there an iPad that was just called the new iPad? Yes, and then there was a newer one called Mm -hmm. the new iPad, which was confusing. But those, like, if people are trained by Apple and how they do it and how a lot of phone makers do it, is it really that far of a stretch to think that people can't understand? You can get the Xbox, and then there's the Series X. There's probably going to be a Series S, which I imagine is a slimmer one that has no disk drive, uh, probably a Game Pass-friendly one. Uh, I would assume they're going to keep... What's interesting, actually, is I don't think they're even going to phase out the current Xbox. Because they're saying the new controller with the share button yeah, is exactly. backwards. Com- it, it looks very similar to D-pads, different, oh, but it's backwards compatible. But all, weren't they modular anyway? On the Elite. Oh, that's right. But uh, so they took the Elite one and made it standard. Mm. But they're saying that's backwards compatible with Xbox One, meaning they're probably gonna keep selling the One, and then the Series X, and then the Series S, and it's just gonna be a whole. Pro- it's literally, they're literally appling the Xbox. Well, it's fine. It makes it easier for them going yeah. forward. So. And and everything's gonna be cloud eventually. So, yeah. but um, the the one thing I, I think I started saying something we got a sidetrack, but I really like the design. I like this trend. I don't know what someone from the Verge, Dearbone, I think described it as like brutalist twenties, where everything has this kind of very functional form, like the cyber truck in this, or just like these angles that are just like, all right, yeah, this is a truck. It's gonna look like like here's sheets of metal on it. We're done. Here's the Xbox. It's just a PC tower, but it looks glossy and pretty. Well, I think what, what like everybody's loving about it is that how just different it looks, just yeah. because it's meant to be vertical and not horizontal. Right, right. Yeah, I think, it, and it's just like it's very it's just striking. It's just it's very. It, it has a very 2001 monolithic look. Because the last one that we got like that was the Xbox 360, and that's been forever since we had that. I never really liked the 360 design. I didn't like that it was concave like that. I thought it made it well. One, it's hard to put somewhere because it's like this weird shape. But I don't know. It never really. The the one X. Oh, this doesn't look huge like all their other firsts. Yeah, that's true. I think I think I do appreciate that. I think my lineage of consoles are square things because like I like the GameCube a lot, and then the Wii was kind of like a rectangular GameCube, and then the One X is, or the Series X is like see I'm screwing it up. Series X is like three or two GameCubes stacked on each other basically, but with a much sleeker Wii like disc drive and stuff. So I don't know. Anyway, those are the other things. Um, 
There's also, of course, Nintendo's announcements, and you know, we were talking about the naming of the Series X, and another game had a fun name, Bravely Default 2, which uh, is not the second. Which is the third it's, entry in the Bravely there Default There is a second series. entry called Bravely Second. Which is and, a sequel to Bravely Default. And yet, this is Bravely Default 2, which is not a sequel. It's from the same team, but here's where it gets confusing. It's a new world with new characters, a new story, and basically no connections to the original, except the people in the background. The developers are the same. The music company, a company called Revo or Revo, is doing all the music again. This is the people that made Bravely Default, but it's ignoring the sequel that was made by other yeah, people. Yeah, so that's like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The sequel, Essentially. Yeah, the sequel didn't really have anything to do with the first one much. And then Chronicles X kind of went back. Yeah, Chronicle. Well, Chronicle, no, Chronicle X, X was its own. Chronicle X was also just a spinoff, so well, no, they but did those, the name. I would say more. this, yeah, but this it, it, Square Enix just is horrible at names. Like I don't know why I'm surprised, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, their Final Fantasy series. I mean, I guess they're they pretty are, consistent. They well, know how to count, except for uh, Kingdom Hearts. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, 13, well, well, I mean, the fact two. Well, I mean, returns, I mean, you 13. could also say it's a bad thing that they're actually naming them. I mean, numbering them because yeah. they're not chronological, like the Tales series. They're not yeah. Tales one through whatever. It's just tales of whatever but it, that's it, just how they differentiate them it, yeah. and then final fantasy got themselves to that point where like wait we want to make sequels to some of these but we don't want that to be final fantasy 11 we want 10 2 and yeah, that's like, how you I, get 10 2 and i guess this is the best way to do it because like like i was saying seconds by a whole different dev team like when second was being made the team that made bravely default team asano went on to do octopath traveler so this is kind of their way of, i guess signaling that this is actually the true sequel from the original people but it kind of ignores the fact that the other one's well, the sequel in terms of story and it's getting and Arkham Origins. It's, yeah, people it's, seem to really messy. enjoy it. So yeah, I and guess. it's a big. It, it's it's like I mean, how you guys feel about the reveal? Because it is a. Bit, you're right. People enjoy it. It's a big franchise for Nintendo. I've never played Bravely. Same, but yeah, uh, yeah it was just so like, like, oh, that's cool. I love it. Yeah, it's so. I mean, Bravely Default, the original, sold a million. Well, on DS. cool for people that like the series. That was yeah. like, a, I was just like, skip. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like, I, and there are a lot of them. Like I was trying to say, Bravely Default sold a million on the DS, over a million. Uh, Octopath Traveler, same dev team, one point five million on Switch. So I see why Nintendo like brought it up here, but it. I don't know about following up the Series X and Godfall with this. Like it seems, I don't, like Nintendo's whole presence this year seemed like. I, it just lacked a little something. Yeah, shows what retros up to. Well, everybody. It, la- it lacked in every department. But the difference with Nintendo, theoretically, is they don't have to wait for... I, well, actually, I think they do. But you could argue Nintendo's at the peak with the Switch right now. They could just go full, fire a full cylinder. But I think they're holding a lot close to their chest for when the next gen hits so they have something to counter with. Like, they're not going to show Breath of the Wild 2 because they need that to counter PS5. They're not going to show Metro Prime 4 because they need that to counter Xbox. Just, just Xbox. There's no number there. Just Xbox. But yeah, I don't know. It, it was weird though, because like they followed the same formula, the same blueprint they've been using for the last few weird uh, years. Like Bravely Default Two, it fills the Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three void, in which uh, you know they teamed up with a third party for a surprising new sequel. Um, the that kind of double whammy of like the new No More Heroes Three trailer and the Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three DLC, I think was supposed to be the update on a game you know that Smash was last year with Joker obviously not the same scale but kind of same idea and like even like last year they had a surprise indie game for switch during the pre-show in the form this year man eater being confirmed last year it was uh Sinar wild hearts so they kind of they kind of hit the marks like they checked the boxes but i don't know it didn't have the same pull like it 
it was I, I really do think it was probably because they didn't have to I think it's just it. a reflection of the just how weak the, this year was yeah and mm-hmm. that and I yeah and that there wasn't much was need to do? do but I mean like let's talk about what was shown right like I mean No More Heroes 3 that a trailer I know you have thoughts on that I yeah I thought that was a bad trailer I think it was pointless but I enjoyed it in its pointlessness <laughs> like I liked the fake out right down to laying like the fake game name linger longer game name. It's not like I didn't say that. Uh, linger long enough that there's various developer logos and everything, and then you know Travis touchdown just breaks through it right then and there. And the extended version, I don't know if you've watched the extended version that's online, but it's like a full like five minute little anime segment, and then they do the cut at the end. I'm kind of curious does that anime segment tie back into the main story of No More Heroes? Is it a weird one off like? The, the bummer is nothing in it actually told us about the game. We knew it was coming in 2020. We knew it was on Switch. There's no gameplay shown, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the TV show, that anime, is part of the plot or those characters do become relevant, but right now it does just feel like it's just I mean, unless there. you decide to read more into it, I mean, I guess Travis Touchdown does say something like, oh, we're doing galactic rankings now? So I was like, okay, so maybe the enemies aren't just limited to Earth? I didn't yeah, but even then, it's like, is that telling us anything? I mean, well, that they're going to get. I guess you have to expect going, to get it's just the it, scale. It, it's just going to get yeah, much. Yeah. yeah, which I guess. But I mean, counts. no more heroes already had their fake out trader last year, this year, whenever, whenever it was first announced. Like they faked it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, they that's yeah, right. they, they had like you were following some other protagonist, made you think it was going to be some other kind of game, and then bam! Oh, it's no more heroes three. What if every trailer? So is if they, that? I feel like if they hadn't already done one of those, it's just like, oh, it was no more heroes. Okay. Right. I thought we were going to get faked out for something new, not like... Yeah. Yeah. But I did enjoy the little segment, like the anime. Like, I, if you, if for people listening, if you haven't watched the full thing, uh, we'll link to it in the blog post. But it, it's it's fun. I liked it. It kind of riffs on some tropes. Um, but I think the bigger whiff for me than No More Heroes 3, um, probably the Marvel Alliance 3 DLC. Um, I mean, I get it. Like, Marvel's huge, so you want to highlight it. And it is cool that there's a whole X-Men pack coming. It has uh, Phoenix Gambit. Iceman Cable has a new versus multiplayer mode, which okay, it's a game that's all been you know co-op up to this point, so it's cool. They could have announced a new Marvel vs. Capcom that's not infinite. See, like that could even if it was a port, that I feel like would have been bigger news because like the thing about like that trailer they showed for Marvel, and I don't know how you guys felt, but for me, compared to some of the other trailers that night where there was like a story to it or something that like like there's more to it than like that felt like something I could just go YouTube and hit play, while some of the others felt like they're more like reveals and this was just like hey there's dlc and you, you can download in december it's like all right you know what i mean like even joker when they that was dlc but that one had like there's something that i don't know this well that had very... the vacuum nintendo so is this they published this yeah but there's no nintendo characters in this game oh sure but i i like like what well, i mean like that was more oof yeah, I'm saying like yeah. they just. I'm, I'm not saying like huh? even, they didn't even do like a story. Like there wasn't it's even DLC. like look, it's the X Men. It's DLC. Sh- no, I know, well, but I'm saying like they didn't even do like oh look, surprise, the X Men are popping up in the battle. There's like new DLC. Here's one character. Here's another character. Like it was just very like well, narrator driven when everything else. I could have sworn more... they announced it. It was like three characters and then a story to go along with them. It's, yeah, yeah, no, like, the yeah. DLC is cool. I'm saying the way oh. they cut the trailer did not feel like something that should be there because everything there like the trailer oh, got, got a bit of a story. Well, that, that was in the pre-show, right? It was, yeah. but no, no, then, Oh, no, no, I'm just saying it was because yeah. I didn't watch the pre-show. I saw the trailer after the fact. Mm-hmm. Literally, how you would describe it, you just click play. And, I mean... Yeah, which it felt like like someone just hit play. Like, that, did, was the, I, that was the opening trailer. I thought trailer this stuff announced, like, like, oh, for, like, X-Men fans, that seems, like, pretty exciting. No, don't get me wrong. The DLC, that's what no, I'm saying. No, like, yeah. It's cool DLC. But I, I guess they could have... kind of botched the delivery. No, yeah. They could have just made it less... Like, if they did the 
Like, hear me out here. What if they switched No More Heroes and, and Marvel and had Ultimate Alliance 3 have the kind of narrative-driven trailer to reveal characters that No More Heroes had, and then No More Heroes had a sizzle reel of how the gameplay works? I feel like that would have been more effective for them, or would come off better. Obviously, the Marvel one's effective enough, because, like, it tells you what you need to know, but I don't know. It just felt a little weird to me. Maybe that's just me. I seem to be alone on this one, but... um Weirdly enough, the Switch game... Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was... Uh, I don't know, it was it, fine. It was just DLC. I just, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. thought, like, if you're gonna do a reveal in front of that many people, like, I don't know, have a little fun with it. But, um, the Switch... I think the Switch game I was most interested in coming out of the war, I don't know about you guys, but for me, was that Shark game, Maneater, which, funny enough, is the reveal that Nintendo had no hand in. But, uh, I, I just like the premise. Like, you're the shark, you eat people, that's kind of about it, but presented as cool, like has like a 1980s Miami vibe. That's definitely been it done before, cool. but not to this crazy extent. And not as well. I know there have been Jaws games, but they haven't ever Oh, I don't know if there were Jaws games. I could have sworn that another Shark game got announced. This is that one. It's just now coming to Switch. Was this one? It, back at E3, right? Yeah. It was this one. Oh, okay. So what's, what's kind of interesting about it, so I started reading up on it, because it looks like just kind of this crazy arcade game, right? And I like in my head had this joke of, oh, I bet the genres bite him up because it's like, this is arcadey fun thing. Ha ha. But then I started reading about it and it, it, kind of, it looks like he's in physical I pain. I swear to God. But <laughs> I started reading about it. It's actually more than that. They're, they're calling it an RPG, an action RPG. You can... The whole game is an open water, open world. Yeah, thing. I heard it was like GTA. Somebody described like GTA with a shark. Essentially, Everything so like GTA with... you'll be able to eat can't, people. Can't wait to hear about your GTA with bees game. Oh yeah, yeah, bee simulator impressions coming soon on a future episode. Oh boy, but um, yeah, it's like with this one as a shark, you can eat people limb by limb, and they can upgrade specific parts of your shark, so you can have different body parts that maybe you know. Uh, help you swim faster or jump out of the water higher or apparently there's a ferocity stat that will power feeding frenzies where you can actually just go crazy and i imagine that's where it gets more arcadey but i did not expect like custom shark attribute systems or anything i thought it'd just be like yeah, you know the you... different powers I thought are it was pretty be... neat what no yeah the different powers are pretty neat yeah i just i in my mind was just kind of like oh this is crazy taxi but you're eating people instead of delivering them to places like that's how i the trailer kind of made yeah, it seem yeah, but it's it like actually way more in depth which like is kind of cool i think i was sold on just the look and feel of it but i'm actually really interested in seeing how this turns out which um will be a while because they said may 22nd on the trailer but they then said switches after that so hmm. So we shall see, but um, I don't know. What, what were there other any other games in the awards that caught your eye at all, Nintendo or otherwise? Because it was kind of ho hum, but it's got to be like something. Maybe <sighs> I mean, you said Hellblade. Yeah, Hellblade yeah. too. Angel, that's, that's pretty much it. Mm, Smash Brothers. I'm shocked you didn't <laughs> say The Wolf Among Us too. Oh, that was part of it. That was. Oh, I mean, I thought you liked it. I mean, I'm incredibly excited about that game, but. I've seen this literal exact trailer before already. Well, they had to reintroduce. Oh, really? Same cut? It was no. I mean, like it was pretty oh, much just the logo. No, it was like exactly the same. I had like a person standing in front of the camera, like, like just going like, you know what? We're working on it, and then they show the logo. Well, good. This news. was before the studio closed, and now it's like the same thing again. Like, yeah, yeah like oh, cool. Like, yeah. I finally get to play more of that game, which I like. But I don't know. I was. You thought there'd be more to it? I think the most exciting no, thing about it, that it was just is... like, uh, yeah, I, I guess like show more, I don't know. I think it's because they had to sort of reboot it. What were you guys saying? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was essentially a re-reveal. I think the most exciting news that came out of that was that they're making a brand new engine. Yeah, finally. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is That's it took true. them going bankrupt. I feel like if they new... had any more on that, that would have been way more exciting instead of just... Yeah. 
don't know, it's weird because like, I'm excited about this game coming out, but the ex- the announcement didn't make me excited. Sure. It could have. It definitely could have been done better. Maybe to your point of how they could have done the Marvel one more. Right? I think it's yeah. because everybody thought that game was dead, and then it wasn't. Yeah. I think what's funny about it is like to your point about the the new engine. So it took them going bankrupt, getting their name bought by another studio called LCG Studio, getting a new development studio called Ad Hoc, then rehiring the directors of the first game, the writer of the first game, the voice actors of the first game the composer of the first game and the former VP of engineering from Telltale. <laughs> and only once they went through all that song and dance did someone go, wait, <laughs> we, a new engine. We're literally that studio <laughs> like, again. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, the, it's, uh, they went through quite a lot to get to where they are now. But, it, yeah, for fans who want it, it's cool that they brought it back. And, yeah, to, to Kevin's point, I think, I think they only did the logo because, one, it's very early on. And, two, they were basically like, hey, remember us? It was the little visor guy in Metro I'm going – remember me or whatever but it was a whole game yeah. um the there is like of all the stuff shown at the game were there any other games that caught your guys' eye mm, it was pretty ho-hum i mean like yeah like, yeah because like even that game i completely forgot that was announced it. yeah yeah i was like yeah you know what game um, i think could have or you know what announcement i think could have gotten some I was like say just smash brothers because of the small like two seconds of footage that where they had bowser on screen right before he got like eaten by were you happy to see doug bowser right before, on your right, right, right before he got snapped i didn't even see that you didn't watch the pre-show at all he want he, he uh, yeah, i didn't it. watch the pre-show at all so you're telling me your favorite game smash bros one of your favorite games smash bros got an award accepted by a guy whose name is bowser and you missed this perfect it got accepted on the pre-show that's know, like the, the issue i agree here. no but my point is like yeah, you somehow missed m- that cosmic moment that moment from happening where everything came together and your boy Bowser but as a human well, that's not the cosmic moment the cosmic moment of anything would have been when Bowser and Bowser were right on the E3 that was a great intro to it that's something you that, that. that's something you don't miss as yeah, a Bowser fan that's true but you know what I wish was a war, uh, revealed at the game awards I mean with part. that logic that means that can never not be looking at Bowser anytime he makes himself public because he could always this is true this is true um, but you know what I I wish was reveal, revealed at the Game Awards because I think this would have had kind of an oomph that was kind of missing on some level. What, Jason? I really wish that announcement from two nights prior or three nights prior that MLB The Show was going multi-platform popped up at the Game Awards. I don't think that would have been a big deal. I Really? People – it was trending on Twitter like the whole night because people – No, right, but like – but Well, they would have had to show some footage. They would have had to show a teaser. How's that game been doing? I feel like I so haven't really huge. heard – No, it's huge. Really? Yeah. It's one of the huh. top ten revenue-generating games of the year. And not only that, but like – Think about, like, conceptually what it represents. What? Where are these fans? Well, it's the same as, like, you know, NBA and Madden and FIFA, where they just, it just sells. Smash Brothers fans definitely don't shut up. You also follow (laughs) Smash Brothers fans, so you see it more. If you follow baseball gamers, you'd see it all over the place. But, um, like... Where are you, baseball gamers? I'm going to follow you guys. They're out there. (laughs) Uh, Matt Piscatella from MPD, who I know you've talked to on Twitter before, he always is to me about MLB the show, like, a couple times a month, probably. Um, But anyway... The reason I think it would have been a good fit is because if you think about it, it's a game that was PlayStation exclusive, literally developed by Sony, and now it's coming to other systems. And it's Are not we confirmed. Get a baseball player for Smash Brothers? Maybe, but it's it's not generic confirmed. Generic baseball player. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't even get the just, license to one just guy. Just a generic dude, just the NES baseball guy, but he has like an MLB patch. If only his name was like some kind of neat sounding amalgamation of a bunch of really popular baseball players, but like, like, like Ken. Griffey. I was about to say Ken that, Griffey. That, I mean, that's already that's a whole name. <laughs> Fine, Ken, that's a whole like name. Alec, like uh, Ken Piazza Sosa. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah works. But but no, the, the thing about that is like so. Supposedly it's coming to Xbox and Switch. Or some like, baseball pun. Yeah, like uh, 
No, no, no. Just keep going. Okay, but yeah, suppo- <laughs> supposedly it's kind of Xbox and Switch. Um, neither company, no one's outright. <laughs> just call him Batman. <laughs> Ooh, that works. <laughs> Batman, but Batman, and he kept a sidekick named Ball Boy, because the Ball Boys. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, all right. Uh, Nintendo and Microsoft have hinted as kind of assistance, is what I was trying to say. But I think like, like that seems like exactly what Kiwi's like. Oh yeah, it's all about games coming together and being like, hey, this thing that was exclusive is now on all the systems. And if they, you know, if they did a, a CG trailer. And it ended with just all the logos on it. And then, like, by Sony Studio San Diego or whatever it's called, that would, I think people would be like, wait, what? And that would, because, you know, just the concept of a PlayStation game people, being on every system. But I think that would have that would have been up. more of a, like, wait, what? And not yeah. an exactly, like, holy crap. This no, is... it's, for the people that care, it was a big deal. Like, for the baseball world. Like, apparently MLB brought a bunch of executives into San Diego that day for the announcement. And the announcement was a press release. Like it was yeah, like, but I feel like that was the only way that you can yeah, really go. But um, yeah, I guess. But it is interesting how we got to this point, though, because like you would think MLB, like that should be on every system anyway. It's a, like what what sport would not want all that money? But apparently, out of it, like the whole saga of how it got here is weird. So like back in like the mid two thousands, the MLB made a deal with Take Two, which was a response to the NFL making an exclusive deal with EA. If you recall, there used to be other football games, and then Madden sort of locked it up. So Take Two is like, well, if we can't do football, let's do MLB. And the deal stipulated that Take Two could be the only company that makes third-party baseball, but all the console makers are welcome to make their own. So this locked, this basically kicked out EA's MVP series. So it was Take Two's revenge for the football situation because they had 2K football. Um, but the loophole meant that MLB The Show could happen. And I don't know if you guys remember, Nintendo almost released a baseball game on GameCube called Nintendo Pennant Chase or Planet baseball or something like that. Definitely not. <laughs> it no. Definitely was, Jason level. Factor. So it was announced. It was at E3 in 2005. <laughs> I know you don't follow sports, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Oh, well, I, I don't know. know. It was announced. I know you don't follow baseball games, but did you know? Did you? Well, <laughs> that's obscure. Yeah. I it, it's, so this is what's weird about it, though. It was announced. It was shown at E3 the next month. It was fully playable. The game was finished. The developer finished it, turned in the final code. It was ready to go. And then Nintendo just canceled it at the very last second. It was already And gone. that became the show? No, <laughs> but but Did they create was... their own competition. Like, no, they don't but... with Mario Baseball, I guess. Well, it wouldn't be competition because one's a simulator. But uh, no, I don't know what happened to it. But that was from that same period where it's like, oh, EA's MVP series is gone. And I don't think 2K Baseball is on GameCube. So Nintendo's like, well, we used to make uh, sports on the N64. They had the whole N Sports line. They had Ken Griffey Baseball. They had other There's games. Like Kobe again. Bryant Basketball. Like they had all that. Kobe Bryant. 2002 or whatever they called it on GameCube. So this, I think, was them getting back into it until whatever reason they decided not to. And then similarly, as MLB The Show rose up in quality, Take-Two decided to just completely sunset their baseball game. And then somehow, MLB The Show, a PlayStation exclusive, became the baseball game. And it like MLB kind of tried to fill it in, uh, the Take-Two absence. Like, they have RBI Baseball, which is on Switch, but it never was, like good so mlb basically became the de facto or the show i should say became the de facto de facto mlb baseball game but it's weird because it's locked to one system while every other sports game you would think they'd want to maximize revenue and put it everywhere and now i honestly think that they were strong aren't by the mlb to like hey this game has to be on so i do wonder which way it went this isn't the first time sony's published something on nintendo actually technically this is kind of an aside but Technically, the mothership Sony, not Sony Interactive, 
got their record label arm to pr- to publish a game on Switch that we talked about here on the show, like at start of year, Battle Loon. Remember that one, the multiplayer oh, like yeah. balloon flashing game? That was actually a Sony game, so they already have it. But no, in terms of this, um, yeah, I do wonder like. There are theories out there about like did MLB for Sony or well yeah because Sony... they had to re-extend the license y- yes and, I, and if if I was the MLB I'm like all right you guys are making this much money spread that spread that I out don't think they had to force Sony I think they went to Sony and said like you want to do this and Sony simultaneously was looking at the market and going like yeah we should do this mm. and the re- here's what I think it the current idea of what a platform is has changed from what it was look at what xbox is doing you know they leave some games on their platform but then they put some other games on others the same way nintendo puts their games on mobile and hope that that becomes marketing and get people to come back to their consoles and they create nintendo accounts the same way xbox you have xbox live in minecraft and now minecraft finally their dream is complete as of last week you can play minecraft crossplay on every single platform including playstation 4 and that means everyone's making xbox live accounts and then if you can, you know, make money that way, and hopefully once they have an Xbox Live account, they'll start dabbling in other things. Once they have a PSN account, which already exists on other platforms for movies, but, you know, why not do games too? Yeah. Certain games, you can have Halo that come back. What? Did feel was playing Halo Reach the other day. See? On PC, right? Yeah. That's why they went back to Steam, Microsoft, because they realized that at the end of the day, they're still making money. There are always going to be exclusives, but if you can get more people to already sort of opt into that world, it's much easier to convince them to buy something. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sony thought that and then turned and looked at NBA 2K and FIFA and Madden and all these games where they are full-on game-of-service games. Even MLB The Show is, but it's a limited audience. They have a, a some sort of trade, like, card, baseball card system they call, like, Dynasty, some Diamond Dynasty or something like that. And I really wouldn't be surprised if Sony's looking at all this, looking at the money, looking at MLB being kind of like, you want to go multi-platform? And them going like, this actually makes total sense for us because we can make a ton of money. We still have our exclusives that people will come back for. And, you know, we get PSN on more in more people's hands than ever before. That's my theory. Um, who, who, who knows? If my theory true. is that, hey, you want to keep making MLB the show? You got to make it multi-platform. The end. Because, like, I, they, technically, they could have gone to Microsoft and Nintendo and be like, you guys want to make baseball games too? Like we'll put the we'll help you. We'll take our RBI team and you can work with them and do something and you can spearhead the vision. Like they had ways around this. I think, I think Sony. I mean, obviously we're just saying the same. Well, let's now, move on. We're not Sony, a Sony yeah. podcast. But I, I do think that well, it's significant to Nintendo because oh, now yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. Switch. That's the whole point. Well, um, we'll see what because those games are really like visually impressive. Yeah, that's the thing is it's definitely gonna be downscale for Switch. And I there is someone discovered a month before the game was announced that some developer was talking about a. Uh, a high-profile Sony game or baseball game for a, for Nintendo Switch and how they were a developer on like in their LinkedIn. And it was not the San Diego studio that does regular MLB. So they're probably going to farm it out to someone. Maybe it'll be someone good. Maybe it won't. We'll see. But um, I do think this is the final sign that like... And this is something... I keep name-dropping him today. I don't know why, but Matt Piscatella, the MPD analyst, was saying on Twitter the other week that the 2020s are going to be about ecosystems, not specific consoles. Like, a platform is not going to be a physical thing. It's going to be you playing certain games using certain accounts and wherever. And, you know, not every PlayStation game is going to be on every platform. Just like, you know, Disney's not going to hand The Mandalorian to Netflix and be like, hey, we'll do some sort of, like, cross-promotion. Won't that make sense? Like, there's still going to be things that ultimately you want to keep on your platform to get people to go there but there's gonna be a lot of things that can earn money along the way in meaningful non-stop game and service ways that they can probably leverage and start doing more of like you know what we're seeing with mario kart tour the beta for multiplayer just came out 
and that's only for people that pay five bucks a month will all those people go play mario kart on their switch and buy a switch no but hey the ones that do great and the ones that don't you're making five bucks a month off them i think that's what sony's hoping for here Hmm. Um, now if only ea understood that with madden because somehow sony with a playstation franchise has beaten ea to gang their signature sports game on the switch which is very strange to say out loud but they tried with their other consoles they tried in quotes they did quite well on wii madden was huge on wii they did all sorts of motion control stuff it sold a million copies on wii alone like it was big for a while and then it just tapered off with the wii and ea just gave up completely yeah and they never did on wii u and they never did it on switch so that's where we are but anyway yeah that was basically the game awards um and what wasn't in the game awards uh i think like in some ways it shows a victim of its own success like we definitely last year was so good and set the bar so high that it made it hard to live up to by comparison um i think like some things were done well you know we were talking about the performances were solid the game related talent bookings were good um the concept of the show at least for me is one i'm like very very much into and really really like so i physically go every year it was just kind of an off year you know due to industry trends due to whatever um but i think like i'm really curious where it goes next i think stuff like the game festival is really interesting where um jeff Keeley in tandem with the show is doing a thing this year is only on steam but he basically got a bunch of indie developers to make demos of their games they're up for 48 or 72 hours on steam and it was kind of in town with the show where they mentioned it in the show not nearly as much as i thought they should have they were just kind of like, oh by the way free demos okay bye but um you know they did this whole thing where it's like you get to experience the games at home too and not everyone could go to game awards and everyone could go to e3 or gdc or gamescom or tokyo game show but this provides a way it's kind of like the next logical step of when xbox did e3 at home and nintendo did their week of e3 at best buy and all that stuff um but next year he says they're gonna get on every platform so that's kind of interesting and how that will tie back in like he says all the platform holders are are kind of on board they just need to iron out the kinks um and how that ties into the award show itself and whether like something i think might be kind of interesting is demos of the award winners for people who haven't necessarily bought into those games yet but are kind of curious what they're about like maybe it's a very limited demo but just something that kind of gets your appetite wet and then you can go buy it at a discount once it wins or something like that was spider-man this year no that was last year um but yeah i think there's a lot of cool interesting stuff with game awards it's just kind of a weird off year was risen Resident Evil 3, was that announced? It was announced on State of Play, which was oh, the same day as State Indie World, which is our next topic. Look at that. Oh, I meant to do that on purpose. <laughs> I know what's funny is my transition I was going to do before you conveniently did that was, you know what else set the bar too high for itself and then led to disappointment? The Indie World presentation. Because, like, think, like, no, but, like, honestly, like, Nintendo this year, their indie presentations have been so good. Like, in March, when it was still the Nindie Showcase, we got Cuphead and Cades of Hyrule bookending a presentation. Then in August, the first Indie World, we got Ori and the Blind Forest in the presentation, the first time that Microsoft themselves had a game they own be on a Nintendo platform versus Cuphead, which was a weird licensing thing. So, like, I obviously they can't constantly do first. Like, the first can only happen the first time. But I definitely felt like it was missing when it wasn't here this time. There wasn't anything on that scale, which maybe that scale was too big for an indie presentation maybe, maybe it yeah. should be about small stuff maybe microsoft doesn't belong there they don't but um you know like cancer high rule was cool i feel like we just didn't have that this time i don't know how you guys felt about the presentation yeah same much of any other presentation just kind of have it in the background glance over every time a new right. game is up and it's like okay cool i, cool. I do cool <laughs> oh that's cool 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 i i do think there's cool stuff speaking of cool and it, i was like, hyping it up 
Yeah, so. <laughs> thank you. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think closing with Axiom Verge 2 for fans of the first one, which is considered one of the best Metroidvanias, like, that's a big deal, especially because it's now starting on Nintendo platform instead of ending on Nintendo platform. I think last time Wii U and Switch were the final platforms it came to, so to have it start makes sense because um, it's so closely tied to, like, the Super Nintendo I like vibe. the little anecdote the creator said in the beginning i i also yeah that's actually not just him i really like that they actually put faces to the developers names like mm-hmm. they let each developer some were a little like cheesy some were kind of ridiculous like the one with the food was kind the of food yeah but like i appreciate that they actually let developers yeah, it's like even shine. if i never played axiom the first one or intend yeah. to like just like hearing like him talk about it and then also just kind of like man like he he did it by himself right yeah yeah it's like it, it, super passionate he did yeah. it by himself with a son that has some serious disease yeah, I remember, I remember so he was juggling the truth i those. remember like after like him talking about it and just like being reminded of that just like for a moment maybe go like oh man maybe i should just get this game just to support this guy because he's a pretty cool person but like i think he support. went to yeah, i think just... he went to to college specifically for like like recently for, yeah. just to like study music theory oh. for, for the game for the game like no he's like and not only that but like he has taught his name's tom hat by the way for anyone that wants to know what we're talking about but he has said before that he doesn't think he would have been able to afford his son's medical bills and his son would not actually be alive if people weren't didn't support the game as strongly as they did. Well, Which is, if you think about it, one man guy spending all his time building the game while juggling his son's situation and then like is rewarded so handsomely by fans that he has enough to not keep his son alive but in better condition than he's been and be able to make a sequel and kind of yeah, live out his life. Pretty crazy. Really cool. Um, so yeah, that was a nice closer, and I think like sports story was kind of a cool surprise um, by how it far was a surprise. I like how much they're ta- how far they're taking it. Like golf story was the indie version of the Mario. I was surprised golf that they definitely jumped to all sports instead yeah, of just right? like, like just one tennis. Because like if golf story was the indie version of Mario golf RPGs, theoretically, but then they kind of showed like, oh, I guess they're all kind of golf. <laughs> sort of, everything yeah. is kind of golf. Yeah, but like theoretically, Mario like tennis should have been what's next because you know if they're doing Mario golf, then they do Mario tennis. But yeah, they went all in, and there there was like baseball and soccer and basketball and frisbee and golf and tennis um and yeah i I get what you're saying And they combined some of these sports in once too i get what you're saying that a lot of the gameplay is still the same sort of aiming the club but it's just a different ball at the end of the stick but i I still it's like but it makes sense i mean it does make the it makes the sequel feel a lot bigger it makes it feel probably is yeah yeah it it makes it feel very ambitious when it didn't have to be that ambitious and probably still still do very well because like golf story is one of the biggest um indies on switch mm-hmm. it sold over like a million copies it has people a physical version in really best like it. but um yeah people really like it i haven't played it i don't think you guys have played it no. it's one i definitely have always i have it on my wish list and my friend likes it on... that played it what our friend oh, yeah, Andrew yeah. Liked it. but yeah it's one of those games that i have on my wish list and every time it goes on sale i'm like I oh should it, i get it and then i never get it no. but i do like how ambitious sports story is like it's 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 unique it's cool so i'm curious about that one but i think like the two that caught our the three of our attention um that we sort of discussed before recording uh skatebird and super mash yeah so skatebird skatebird has birds so it caught my attention um also an excellent pun in its whole the the skateboarding simulation part i mean yeah i mean who did i just realized that with dude you didn't realize that yes (laughs) i didn't realize that pro skater skate bird and you'll notice the tagline they keep using is they're just trying their best because they're amateurs so it's tony hawk's pro skater and skatebird with amateur birds yeah, Man. it's so great. I mean, I liked it's so great Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, but it was definitely more of a like, oh, this is a fun game to play. 
at my friend's house because this is the game they have that I don't. But right. I never liked it enough to get it on my own. Pro Skater 3 was my jam on the PS2. So I don't know if I'm going to get it even if it does have birds. And no, you can't say that there's cockatiels in there. But there are. No, that's just a cockatiel skin. That it's not. That's the cockatiel skin. They're all skins. I think there's uh, a hawk in the game named Anthony. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because Tony yeah. Hawk. I, I, mean, I, just need to, say I, I did because you didn't realize the bird <laughs> hawk thing before, so I want to make sure everyone's on the same page. But the idea, I mean, the execution looks cool. I love how everything looks tiny, little sweaters and stuff. Oh, it's great. Yeah, great. and I, I love the concept of it is, like, um, basically the premise is this little bird is a pet of someone and that person's stuck at their workplace all day. Like their job, they're constantly gone and the bird's like, well, what do I do for fun? I have no one to play with. So he just like makes a skate park. And then not only that, but he like attracts other birds to join him at the skate park. And like part of the progress through the game is you try and get other birds to like join your like crew, I guess. And you scare around all Definitely these homemade parks. Definitely easy recommend for one of our friends in the group who loves birds and skateboarding and tech decks. Yes, that's true. And I, I, yes. And then, um, who doesn't remember tech decks? I, well, remember I mean, tech I mean, our, 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 our generation obviously does. Yeah. The but kiddos these days, I don't think they're as popping. We also pop had... as popping. No, like 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 <laughs> the like, say, like yeah, tech deck yeah, aren't as popping right now. Yeah, no, I'm not criticizing the tech deck. Oh, I'm, I'm calling out as popping scooters. I remember those were things. Yeah, they they the, the scooter ones always confuse me because like why why do you need well, the handlebar? Well, you put your finger. Yeah, the, the handlebar. You don't need the, you don't so need you press it. down on it and do little kicky. Thingies. I know, but you, I guess it just seems silly to me. Well, it but, was at that point, but yeah. I mean. I don't but know, Razor became a brand for a reason. Yeah, but Skatebird, um, ultimately, as you collect your bird friends and unlock new birds, including your not-real cockatiel, and new outfits to wear, and secret music mixtapes to contribute to the, quote, lo-fi burb hop soundtrack, as you do all that, um, you're actually building towards uh, saving your human friend's life and getting him out of the misery of his job. I don't oh. know how, but there's actually like some sort like of weird... dark. Yeah, there's some sort of... <laughs> not like suicide, just See, like... See, now, now I'm but, more intrigued. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about this one? This was a Kickstarter. That then I hope blew like up it ends cool in thing. like the bird is like competing in an actual pro ring, and it has like I all the audiences on there, and it's like such an emotional but see, and that, roller coaster because it's like the first bird that even part against the rules and blah blah blah. And like it all, they're gonna bust it all makes and the, just say it's not in the rules that a bird can't participate because why would it be there? Right, and, and, and it, let them participate. And it all perfectly ties into the, it's a bird just trying his best. And his best just happens to be the best. And then it ends happily. But yeah, it started as a Kickstarter, crazy enough. And it's going to be um, it's gonna be on Switch in late 2020. It's on other platforms sooner, but I think Switch was a late addition. I've been but, jonesing for a good like skateboarding game. Like yeah. A, like a good arcade skateboarding game. Because there, There's like two out right now like that were recently Kickstarted. I think uh, Session is one of them. Right. And Skater XL, I think, is the yeah, other Skater one. Skater XL is coming to Switch. As but well. those are more, um, those are more like skate, like the the game skate focused. They're yeah. not they're not as arcadey as like a pro skater. Yeah, XL is interesting because XL uses so you're using the two sticks to hold your balance, but then everything that happens in the game is procedurally generated. So there's no identical skate parks. There's different themes, but it's constantly changing. Yeah. Um. So it's not at all the same as like Tony Hawk or yeah, Skate like, Burb will be. I need a pro skater. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I whether this is as deep as like pro skater is to be seen. Yeah, though. time will tell. But um, I also just like that. Looks bird. Whimsical. Yeah, that's what I like. And also that birds are like having a moment. Where like 2019 was the year of the goose with Untitled Goose Game. 2020 seems to be the year of Skate Bird. I don't know where we're gonna go after that, but doors wide open for anyone that wants 2021 to be like maybe that's the year of the cockatiel finally for you, Angel. It can finally come true. Your all your dreams. 
so uh, so super mash um, <laughs> um yeah that's the other one that we saw so um, do we know if like you'll get a different game if you pick the same combination twice so that's what's that's, interesting that's the only it, part that supposedly I'm wondering. no so for those who don't know what super mash is or how it works the idea is you pick two genres or two of the same genre you smash them together and then they claim it will com- com- uh, create a completely unique experience every single time and they say that includes like obstacle changes, goal changes, intentional glitches, non-intentional glitch. I, that sounds like there's covering for bugs, but um, it sounds like it will. <laughs> there's obviously going to be tons of bugs in the game. Yeah, and 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 not only that, but there's going to be difficulties on top of that. And then they're doing something on top of that. There's three difficulties, and then there's something they're calling um, dev cards, where you can, if the game's too similar, you can throw in these custom elements that let you change the enemies, the players, the mechanics, the environments, and um, sort of do a second layer of, of supposed crazy random things on top of the first layer so i don't know how effective that will be like i don't know there's two ways this can go sounds as ambitious it sounds like... very ambitious and i think it could either be really awesome procedurally generated on the fly games or like not just completely flat boring generic repetitive things and you know they say it's gonna be different and completely unique but does that mean the goalpost literally they move the goalpost or does that mean like it's gonna be a totally different genre mashup every time and i'm sure they'll have two or three genres per mashup already ready but like i don't know like they seem very set on this becoming a thing that could be like super like in-depth because it's right off the back of six genres platformer action uh, action adventure shoot 'em up metroidvania stealth and jrpg and they say they're gonna have more genres coming as dlc hmm. likewise they got more dev cards coming as dlc meaning they're going to keep adding new elements that can basically remix your already existing mashups and you can save these mashups at any time because they're doing something called mash codes where every mashup has a unique code that you can give to anyone and it'll create that mashup for them and i don't even know what that means does that mean it downloads the mashup you have is it recreating it procedurally meaning their mashups actually slightly different from your mashup no, but it matches I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing i'm guessing it's one i'm guessing the code is just like it just reads the whole thing and just creates the code that just to create that exact same thing. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Why else would the guy say, like, this is my favorite combination? Right, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming it's that, but you, you never know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's like I want to get it just on pure concept. It's really cool. It sounds interesting, and, but... Yeah. I'm, 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 very, I'm consciously optimistic, I'm I guess. worried about the depth of, like, some yeah. of these That's games. That's why I'm kind of concerned yeah. about, like, if it's they're like, American like, repetitive, there won't be I mean, that. they didn't say it, but, like, what if these are just, like, one really long level? Like, just, like... Oh, I think it is. Like it's just like one like maybe ten minute long level and that's like that's I the think whole it game. Is, well, like the JRPG because, ones for sure, just gonna be one environment. Maybe you go into a cave or something, but it's not gonna be. Yeah, like, they're not gonna create like a forty minute, forty hour like, epic exactly, or a side quest. Exactly. And I do think and, and secret. I mean, if somehow it does, I mean. To your point about is there depth? Uh, they are including a story mode where you do different mashes and those mashes are assigned by customers of yours and you're a game developer and when you complete the mashes and win the levels or win the mash you then unlock stuff and help like save your game shop or something so what that implies to me is there's a story mode that has preset mashes that will offer some depth because they're actually programmed to be full-fledged mashes and then the random procedural stuff that you share with friends with the codes maybe that will be a little more shallow that's yeah. the hope like that's my realistic hope and i'm only saying realistic hope because i still think it could totally backfire but that's like the best case scenario that i think is plausible versus the dream where every every single one is totally procedural but every single one works perfectly i don't think that's gonna be reality but 
I don't know. It's a very I thought it was a very cool concept at least. And yeah. it's like it's Definitely. yeah. It's it's on Epic Game Store right now if anyone wants to check it out, but it's on Switch I think in May as a console exclusive tentatively. So that's something to keep on your radar. Um you know, there was one game, Angel, I'm actually surprised you did not want us to talk about, so I'm just gonna throw it at you anyway. Murder by numbers. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I'm surprised you're not into it because it's kind of up your alley. It's like Leighton, it's like Phoenix, right? Uh, it's an interactive novel combined with puzzle games. The play. the type of puzzles it's focusing on are not yes, my that, type of jam. that's the thing. It's Picross. Yeah. Um, but it's like everything else around it. Like I mean, it even has the composer of yes, Ace Attorney. That's game. why it caught my eye, but, especially. Like everything around it sounds cool, but then it's like it's the type of puzzle game that it is. That yeah. It's just like eh, it's not for me. Because like if you were into it, it sounds exactly like minus the puzzle part exactly like up your eye like it's a mystery it's set in like 90s hollywood it's about like some like i think it's some actress who gets involved in a murder and has to like figure out what happened and then like they have the phoenix right composer like you said he also did the beautiful joe music yeah i mean the music Um, definitely sounds like something yeah and it has like you're you're doing investigations like phoenix right you have a little robot that helps i don't know if they picked picross or the stellar game just to go with the really great title but i mean that was like their undoing at least for me Picross for a lot of people is very popular. Uh, I know, no, I know. For no, you I mean, obviously I it is. I yeah, know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's well, maybe, its own whole series, but yeah, I mean, maybe this one will get me to try Picross, but then again, there's so many like other games that I well, could play right now that I'd, I mean, I'd rather just like replay AVA Reattorney, which I have been playing actually right now. You should wait a month for it to come to Switch. No, because... January 30th, Definitive Edition. I, I, I could see how it would be annoying to play this game with a controller. But do you know what you get in the definitive edition that maybe balances that out? Plushy? No. You get fully re-scanned, re-edited, and re-drawn art of all the graphics. Their beaks, this is their quote, have never looked so sharp. You get um, medals as you go, like achievements, that show I – lo- I have to read these quotes because they're great. They show you're the fanciest bird around. You get uh, an art gallery so you can see the characters in a ha- natural habitat. You get a jukebox listen to all the music. And you get this is my favorite because this seems crucial to a game that's Phoenix Wright but with birds, and yet somehow they got by this long. A new dyslexic-friendly font and further accessibility improvements. Was it that hard to read on Steam? No. I mean, I guess if you have dyslexia, it would be hard to read. I'm not trying to call anyone out. Oh, yeah. Had trouble. I'm just saying, like, as a developer, how do you come up with a font that's that hard to read, well, even if it's 1800? Well, none Steam, of those. That's still like. Because it is in the 19th century, I get that. I but know. even then, there's only so many curls you can put on a letter instead of. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the art in the game already, but uh, I, I, none of that seems like a reason to wait. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, like achievements, big whoop. I mean, maybe only having Nintendo consoles growing up kind of made me not really care right. about achievements. Right. Because I know there's definitely people that, you know, will sometimes only play a game if it has achievements. Right. But. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stick to the the theme. It version. is cool that's kind of switch. I remember no, you, no, you yeah, talked cool. about it on the show years ago. No, I yeah, think. I, and you're yeah. super into it. it's literally it's 1800s Phoenix Wright, but everyone's birds and it's all bird. Well, no, right? no, just the main character. Oh, I thought they were all birds. No, they're oh. all animals. Oh, they're all it's Bojack. Yeah, it's Bojack. But 1800s. Yeah, because they still have normal hands. Well, at least when it's convenient to the plot. But of course, because it's because video game logic. Yeah, like your first trial is you're defending a cat. From the murder of the Frog Baron, so the Frog Baron, nice. But yeah, so that's out January thirtieth for anyone who is curious, or it can be like Angel and just play it right now on Steam. Um, actually, whatever. Speaking of things we're playing, I mean, this if, is a good if, time you, if you don't already have it, I don't know. Like, 
I can't picture playing this game without mouse and keyboard, or we're just well, without, without the mouse. Well, that's screen and handheld mode. Uh, like someone like me or someone who has a Switch Lite that mo- like I mostly play handheld. Those people can only be, play handheld. It'd be too small because I. Well, they adjust I, 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 the font to be new dyslexic-free font with further accessibility improvements. Like, like, I mean, it isn't a tap-heavy <laughs> game, but sure. like, I just like playing this game like blown up on a big screen just because like the, all the art looks really pretty. Right. But right. That's fair. But I mean, it will definitely be doable with the touchscreen. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, since you've been playing that, what else? Are you, I I know the answer. You've also been playing. <laughs> Let's talk about the one game that's actually playable right now on Switch. That this whole episode has only been one game. That we've talked about, that we can talk about, that's currently playable right now on Switch, and it ties in with our Taking the Gold episode title, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. A beautiful mouthful of a name. Yeah, so I actually had a nice chance to, between playing with Kevin and another good friend, we got to play, played it a lot. Really, can't say too much for the story. Um, no, but... please go on. Why can't you? What's wrong with it? I'm really curious. I, I'm not even being facetious. I'm legitimately like, what's wrong with the story? Or what is the story? I, I didn't... Well, the thing is, I didn't really bother. Oh, that's like, why you couldn't. Well, because a, a friend of mine that had the game before me... Like, first, I, I asked him, like, so, like, what else does the story have besides just, like, the story? Or is yeah. it just, like, the game sandwiched in between? And, well, he made it sound like the story was pretty unbearable because you can't skip or speed through anything, mm. even if you're done reading it. And there's, yeah, like... Do you have to keep rewatching it if you fail a... I don't think thing. so, but point is, like, it sounds like you don't even unlock anything because oh. he says he passed it, which uh, is the only reason I would want to play the story mode, but all I did see from the story just to watch some animation, um, there wasn't any, there wasn't a lot of it. It was just mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, the, the stills of the characters with just text under them and just, like, an occasional sound effect to show that they're starting to talk. But I started Chapter 1, and I'm like, all right, cool, I wonder what game we're going to play right away. And then exposition, 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 exposition chapter two <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> it's like literally nothing just went straight to chapter two so then i was like you know what i'm it's just like gonna a kojima game <laughs> and straight up and then like just like, that was nonsensical too. and then just from like scanning like the menus it didn't look like anything was hidden like maybe there are other hidden characters but mm-hmm. like at least it looked like all the events were available like nothing there were no question marks there was nothing that seemed to be like hidden behind anything mm-hmm. and so this way i just decided just to focus my attention on just the games and Man, like, they sure find ways to overcomplicate what could be simple stuff, but <laughs> the overcomplicating sometimes... I mean, it kind of works in its favor because it makes it funnier. Right. Or, like, makes it feel stupid, but you're like, oh, God, I can't believe they're making me do this. Like, for example, there's one where you have to throw the discus or just the frisbee. Mm-hmm. It's like a heavy, very heavy frisbee. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what the proper name, maybe it is discus. But they, you essentially have to push up with the analog stick... Then do like a three quarter no yeah three quarters rotation with the analog with that same analog stick and then during that time you have to wait and time your shoulder button press so I don't know, it feels weird that sounds weird and I couldn't really get it to work but I mean I don't know it feels weird but it also I'm also kind of glad they do that because then if it's too basic and too easy it would get boring really fast mm-hmm. so I don't know. Kind of like the like when we were like doing the I was playing the triple jump with with Kevin. Oh god! Like like it took us lo- a long time. To, well, it just takes a long time to figure out when to jump because most of these games, especially that there's like the javelin one and like the 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 long jump one mm-hmm. or triple jump. Like when you press a jump button, it doesn't jump immediately. You have like they always take like an extra step or two that you have to account for, and they don't tell you that anywhere. 
they actually don't tell you a lot of things up front. We had Weird. to figure out a lot of the inputs that like we were. Oh yeah, like we were playing <laughs> the, like the boxing one. Yeah, we're playing the boxing one, and we we're just like punching each other. Okay, you could grab. Oh no, they didn't tell you, you could grab. Oh yeah, they don't tell you that you can grab. <laughs> they don't tell you that you can counter the grab either. It was just you know, that's or the, the sumo or which which one was it the the wrestling one? Oh, the like. Well, it was me. Yeah, it was me. The boxing one that like didn't tell us a bunch of the inputs. You know, it's funny when we played it at E3. Remember, you and I both demoed it. Remember how uh-huh. every station had an attendant constantly telling you what to do. For like some games, well, they're like, yeah, "Hey, here's a demo." We needed that fun. person yeah, here needed, because yeah. no, that's my point. It's like at the time, I was like, "Oh, it's because it's an incomplete game, so I just want to make sure you know what you're doing." Apparently, it's just how the game's designed, <laughs> which is bad. <laughs> I mean, like the instructions try, but it's definitely one of those like we have to do a practice round first, maybe another one if, in case you couldn't even get it through the first time. Because like I don't, did I you, never ever, got, did you I ever n- get a proper I n- triple I jump? I never got the triple jump. I was so embarrassed. I never got <laughs> the triple jump. I was so mad. I, I mean, went home in shame. <laughs> Yeah, like the, it, they're fun though. Like I, as bad as like, the game is at explaining how to play most of these. Like yeah. they're they're really fun. Like especially the the eight bit ones. Like you get a lot of mileage out of really the fact cool. that yeah. they're eight bit. Right. Like it's just funny just seeing like the sprites like twirl around or like when you mess up. Like I the first time we did the high dive, like I messed up the inputs almost immediately and about ba- and we just have to watch Bowser just like fall upside down for like the still, longest right? time just because like during the whole time you're supposed to be doing input but since i messed up they're yeah. gonna give me another chance so we're oh, just yeah. falling for like 30 seconds maybe of just nothing and then boop and we're like all right well, i did like in the original trailer and i think i think i made a gif of it in tweet or something but it just peaches sprite upside down just straight down it just looked like someone just took a rotation tool spun uh-huh. it upside down let it go what they did. which is basically, yeah, basically what, what they yeah. do yeah yeah but i mean it is nice that i at least i could say that most of the games do have enough depth that like someone could legitimately get really really good at them if they really wanted to but i'm gonna try not to play them too often because i want to not save it for the 2020 olympics no just like because like when i play it with like the big groups of people like i don't want to be like a pro at all of them uh, just, yeah. like oh every yeah. time i play it i'm always gonna get a perfect especially you like, as a reputation of not properly explaining control like ahead I, of time <laughs> like when i played with um nigel the other day that like, we went through every single mini game oh and now we're gonna get through that that online interface jesus but um <laughs> yeah so all the ones that were just like pure timing based at least like the first like five like the 100 meter dash like exactly one to press a or the triple jump especially because i had already practiced it with kevin mm-hmm. i was able to get perfects throughout the like those whole runs like there was nothing he could have done to beat me mm-hmm. but then when we then the later half of the game like the soccer the rugby the um what else was it? The skateboarding and the surfing. Like, he just destroyed me in all of those. I enjoyed the skateboarding one at E3. I don't know if it translated well to the final game, but it was fun at E3. The surfing one's really cool, too. The surfing one, it's uh, basically I, I, the same I, mechanic. I don't know but how you're supposed to know which one is the big wave. It feels kind of random. You just feel it. All right. <laughs> you just feel it. All right. <laughs> you just feel the big wave. But <laughs> you just know. And it's yeah. like when I'm playing locally, when we were playing locally the other time, like, it didn't feel like much of it has to go between games. It was, you just kind of pick them and go, replay, go back to menu, switch characters, whatever. But when you play online, as far as we could tell, and we looked everywhere, there is no way to do a Grand Prix or a, or a set so equivalent. So a game? So you pick, like, you go into the lobby where you could, like, exchange those messages, like, preset messages. Yeah. Or, and then you wait for everyone to press start, and then it takes you to that menu where you see every game that's available, like, all 20-something. You hmm. see the 8-bit ones, but you can't click on them because they said they're not available in free play mode. Hmm. So from what I can tell, there's no way to play those online with a friend. As of now, 
And so you pick a game, say you pick the the 100 meter dash, and then you're like, all right, cool. Let's just go back, let's just pick the next game. But your only options are either replay that mini game again, go back to the, the main multiplayer menu, which is where you're sending messages to each other, not yeah. even like the level select, or to go back to the exit out and go to the main menu. So yeah, you either like exit out completely, yeah. you go back to the menu before you even get to pick the characters and the stages, or you just play again. This sounds like early so, Nintendo Wi-Fi connection on DS. Level so it gets interfaces. really annoying, like just going between like just going all the way back, picking our characters, picking the stage, going all the way back, in the characters right right like if they had at least gotten rid of that initial like everybody press start and then go to the level select screen it would have been more tolerable but mm-hmm. man it made going through those 20 something games way longer than it needed to be but i mean yeah probably half that time we just been complaining about that when we were playing it but so are, are the 20 something games are they all also in 8-bit no like do you see an opportunity it's like only like eight of them so do you see an opportunity like and the ones that are 8-bit some of them aren't even like in 3d and vice versa like an 8-bit interesting like i kind of wish they had to come like in 8-bit mode you have like a marathon you get to run a marathon yeah and the high drive but you don't you don't have either of those in the 3d ones do you think those would have been cool to see in 3d or just i could pick more characters why aren't there more 8-bit characters there's sprites for all these characters somewhere probably not waluigi yeah, there is. I guess in Mario Maker. And Mario Party Advance. Yeah. That's not 8-bit. And Sonic Battle. Yeah, but Sonic is an 8-bit, and they use the 16-bit I know, he's 16-bit. Well, Game Boy's, like, somewhere between 16 and 32, I think, technically. But, um... Well, there you go. I mean, he, either way. Well, I was going to say, do you think there's, like... Because here's the thing. The game came out now. The Olympics aren't until August. Do you think they might put them out as DLC? Like, they'll start doing... Because they can't make new sports, but they can convert <laughs> the existing sports. Maybe. Like, is it, is it mean, like, an intentional kind of greedy move on their part where they're like I mean, hey we'll give you every sport in different capacities and then we'll switch them up and give you the other version of every sport I mean, the game doesn't from f- now to August I mean the game doesn't feel like it's lacking in minigames right but more would be welcome but it definitely feels like like I'm gonna like play this game with my with my brother-in-law and like the family on Monday mm-hmm. and I feel like with just what's there with just, with, with just what's available I feel that'll be more than enough right like way more than enough like between also we could probably play the eight big games as much as the other ones, right. especially because like you know you have 100 meter one 100 meter hurdle and the relay race which they all kind of have the same kind of feel to them but they're all different enough that they could stand on their own but do you do motion yeah. control or button control which we did button only there was that one mini game the the archery one or whatever oh, where you're yeah, shooting yeah. targets bad yeah. mode i did not like that mode <laughs> Did you with motion? Yeah, it was with yeah. motion. Yeah, yeah. So, but, right, but, but with button, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, maybe, I, like, I can't quite read where you stood. Maybe on wait for a slightly cheaper price because it sounds like the single player isn't worth it. But I, I could at least say yeah. that the multiplayer is definitely a lot of fun, especially if you have like, you, you don't have to have four people. If anything, because it's an Olympic type game, if you have like a nice big group of people that you could split into teams of four, so you know you each have a team right. to root for. Right. Then that could also work. Just they oh, each yeah. go one at a time. Yeah, that'd be good. Kind of, so, yeah, that actually sounds fun. Yeah, create a mini Olympics of your own, but no. and then just keep playing it till the real one happens. Yeah. But so, but it's fun. I liked it. I, I it's nice seeing. It definitely you do get a sense that they really did try with this game, and you always get that nice calm like, oh look at Nintendo and Sega coming together. It's like you kind of wish this was Mario and Sonic and Master Chief and Cradle at the Olympic Games. <laughs> that way you have like just like. 
it's like a place of peace and I mean room. I feel like and then that better... game is available on all consoles well let, let's be fair in reality it would be Mario Sonic Blinks the Cat and Crash well I'm talking like current ones yeah but... I know I know remember Blinks the Cat I mean cat? that'd be cool if that's like the one game that's like unfortunately both. <laughs> it's like the game that's only exclusive first party well not first yeah I guess right. like the biggest mess for each console but it's available on all consoles that way Blinks would have been perfect because Luigi could just death stare at him for stealing his vacuum and making a different but similar game out of it. You got a sequel, I think. But, I know, mm-hmm. he did. Or better yet, it could be uh, Knack and from the Sony side instead of Crash. Uh, Everyone loves Knack. They tried. Knack 2. I made a sequel for that one, too. What? I made a sequel they for Knack as well. They did. I bet you Knack 3 is going to come out with PS5. Actually, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, with that, I guess we've covered what's current, what you guys have been currently playing. I don't have much to report on my end. But, um, and wow. we We've also covered what others have said deserve to be played this year, but we still have our own picks of game of the year. What do we think deserves to be deserve the highest accolades of 2019? And uh, we divide them into categories, kind of. So as you guys are multi-platform people who play multiple devices because you're true gamers, and as such, I think you guys are going to pick a game for Switch and a game in general, right? Well, it's just more like... Or if the we, game for Switch, yeah, it the it's game more like, like we have a game yeah. of the year. If it happened to not be Nintendo, then we'll, we'll also pick a Nintendo, pick a Nintendo yes. game of the year, just so we have a Nintendo one. Right, to pick. and me as a Nintendo fanboy who only has Nintendo, I I also want the. I mean, if Nintendo really games. put out their big guns, then they would all be Nintendo. So sure. Be Nintendo yeah, and now, like so. I I felt the need to have two games too, so I had my own category. I'm do, I'm doing uh, my top game for Switch and my top indie game specifically for Switch. But uh, let's just go alphabetically. So we go Angel, I guess Angel, me, Kevin. Ignore the clicky-clacky. Yeah, Angel Meekham. I did really do the alphabet. Uh, So, so Angel, Games of the Year. So, my Nintendo Game of the Year, because Nintendo didn't make it to my full-on Game of the Year, um, was Ring Fit Adventure. Interesting choice. Because that game really took me by surprise, got me excited, and yeah, got got me excited to work out and play a fitness game, which I never thought would happen. Right. And even now, like I'm in now in World Five, I'm already fighting through. Like I got to meet the mas- the leg master. I think I forgot what her name was. Legolas. <laughs> yes, Orlando Bloom is your <laughs> thigh master. But the ad master is called Abdonis, or yeah, I think it's called Abdonis. But anyway, like I'm meeting like the like the elite four, and now I have to fight the one that brings balance to all of them to fight, you know, Drago. But no, no, it's really fun. Drago. Yeah, that's the name of the big villain. Oh, I'm I'm thinking, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Rocky no. Four. No, it's not. Ivan Ivan Drago. Uh, <laughs> imagine if the ring same was... same Wait. pronunciation, way more complicated. Imagine spelling. if the ring in Ring Fit Adventure that talks to you was Sylvester Stallone's voice. Oh, that'd Just, be great. Yeah, After, I mean, I, I did recently that. watch the Rocky movies this year, so yeah. I was gonna try to do a Sylvester Stallone oh, impression. There, like, please nope. do. Nope. Please keep going. Keep okay, going. so so your Nintendo game of the year is Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah. And overall, I'm gonna get overall. Well, I'm not even gonna overall, definitely Resident Evil Two. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that game did like the one thing that I've always wished or always wanted to see in a horror game, and that was just like something that's like always chasing you, and you couldn't really hide from it. Like they, I mean, there obviously have to be some compromises. Like you can't hide from like Mr. X and like <laughs> in certain places. Mr. X. Like there's Mr. like X. there's like some save rooms that he just won't enter, but. Overall, like, there's there's rarely a place in the mansion where you feel safe. Like, even the hub area, like, you're not safe in there. I don't know. It, it was great. It it was the first Resident Evil game I played in a while, too, because we kind of took a break after Part 6. I didn't play Part 7, but mm-hmm. I would want to play Part 2, 
and obviously part three coming up but man i love that game i played through that campaign maybe five times because wow well because there's like four there's like you play chris a which means you have to play um claire leone claire, yeah leone yeah it's weird because it's like you have to they kind of don't go where the other one went there's some mm-hmm. items switch around and stuff like that and then you see the other version of who went first and then later you have to figure out well which is the canon one i think it's um, with Chris B, but I don't remember. Claire B. <laughs> yeah. Game of the Year, you don't even know the modes. Oh my god. Well, I don't know which one. Well, I don't know which one is considered canon. Yeah. They both have like right, the right. same-ish ending, but yeah, like I don't know. It was it was fun. I definitely I do plan on like just trying to speed run. I mean, I got into speedrunning that game. I remember like I you know like I read up on like different strategies, saw some videos, tried to find some stuff on my own, and. Really wanted to get that S rank, but then time got away from me. Really wanted that infinite rocket launcher, but maybe I'll get it later. But yeah, Resident Evil 2. I, I do like how much Capcom like a, is on a roll. Much like a well-written TV show where they hint at what's to come with some very subtle foreshadowing you don't realize till after it's already happened. Mr. Robot's great at that. I do like how last episode of this podcast, we talked a lot about Resident Evil 2 and a lot about Ring Fit Adventure. And little did anyone listening know, here we'd be, and those would be your games of the year. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, I guess... I guess I'll go next because I'm next in the alphabet. Keep in mind, so, this is if Smash Brothers. If I wasn't even considering it, otherwise it would sweep everything. Right, so, yeah. but it's technically last yeah. year. Even even though the Game Awards considered it eligible this year, technically it, it was, was my last most played year. game this year for sure. And it was also your game of the year last yeah, year. So exactly, exactly. Like I think of the 500 plus hours Nintendo says I played on my Switch. I'm pretty sure like 300 of those were Smash Brothers. Hold on, I'm in another category: DLC Character of the Year. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Who, oh, who's it gotta be? Either. I think I know his answer. I know my answer. Um, hero for sure. Whoa, not the answer I expected. Cause I mean, yeah, Banjo is a great, it's a great surprise that we all wanted in the game. But I, coming in to the hero, nothing. I was like, oh, I could care less about hero. I didn't play Dragon Quest game, and then he comes out, and since I have the pass, like I'm always gonna play as him. Yeah. And he ended up being super fun to play as to the point that he's like my favorite character to play right now, besides Bowser. Wow. I do enjoy his randomness. I don't, I don't plan moves. on going competitive with him because he's. The random stuff to do that with, moves, but yeah. he's just so fun to use that like yeah i just like love using him any chance i get and i did not expect that from anyone like banjo like i'll use him and he's like all right cool it's banjo like i love banjo but i'm like i can't see myself playing as him mm-hmm. it just didn't click with me terry didn't click with me joker didn't click with me but somehow hero everything i love about smash brothers is like in him i just love how chaotic he could be i'm i feel like i don't even need to ask you kevin but your DLC character in Smash of the Year I didn't play any of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, not, so, so by default, no, it should be Joker. Right? By, de- by default, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, for me, it's it's definitely Banjo. It, um, I remember I went on such a tear about how much I loved him and what they did with him in uh, the episode about him. Whenever that was in August, I guess or July. But um, yeah, I just they really captured the spirit of it like his moveset i mean i know they do it with all games but it's very rare that a game i haven't played in so long gets brought back in such a way and it feels so nostalgic well, yeah, you could appreciate fresh. all those little nods exactly exactly i was so, getting reverse nostalgia because like since i played a lot of hero and then later oh, i played dragon yeah, yeah. quest um like i finally got my copy of dragon quest 11 or even during the demo like right. that was post playing as hero in smash brothers and i was like oh cool the menu is just like how it is in smash brothers or right oh i finally unlocked zoom oh cool there's the same sound effect as it does in smash brothers even though right right i mean yeah i think the same thing when like you know i 
we see I see Rocket's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time, and it's like, oh, it's that character from Marvel's Capcom Three, even though he predates it. Or whenever you hear a song, you're like, oh, it's that song from Guitar Hero Two. Yeah, 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 I get like the reverse nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I felt that with uh, in the right direction with Banjo, and it was like, very few times do you smash those characters really like go make me go like whoa, and like I was so impressed with the attention to detail they gave him. It was great. I mean, they do it with all of them, but it, it clicked with me. But um, in terms of my games of the year, so yeah, I'm a Nintendo only person. And your um, three minutes start? No, it don't worry. It won't. It, 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 you made me stammer. Now I lost time. <laughs> no, but uh, my game yeah, of the year, my game of the year is Tetris 99, which like, it's been kind of an odd year for Nintendo in terms of their it's game rollouts. You like, you technically beat the game just by playing it once. There's that, but no, it's been like what? What's so this year's been weird for Nintendo? I feel because like, like since summer we've had a great stay drumbeat of like these very traditional games, all of which are really well done. Like Link's Awakening, I think visually is my favorite game of the year. Although Astral Chain with the cyberpunk aesthetic definitely is up there. You know, and then Pokemon and Mario Maker Two are both really done new entry, really well done new entries in their respective series. But at the same time, this year also like the first half of the year, and then again with Ring Fit as you called out, Nintendo got weird this year. Like they're kind of like abnormally experimental. I mean, it feels like ages ago, but it was only back in April that we got Labo VR and those funky VR modes in Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, uh, and then you know Ring Fit most recently. And somewhere in the middle of the super weird Nintendo and the super traditional Nintendo was my game of the year, Tetris ninety nine, where like. Gameplay wise, it's a very standard game. It is Tetris, but they did a cool thing, obviously, with the Battle Royale, where you're playing 98 real people. Your blocks are affecting different blocks. You get target different people. You get badges and awards that boost up the block damage you can do based on who you're attacking. And they can actually have like it's like a meta, it's like a meta to it almost, where you have not just you're trying to clear your blocks, but you need to be conscious of who, where is the most susceptible to being damaged. So you can get metal so you can then do better against the other people as you get higher up the ranks and that in of itself is really fun and really addicting and then they did a great thing where they did a cool games of service approach but it was free where they have constant uh maximus cups and all those maximus cups have cool rewards in the form of special skins that kind of remind me of tetris ds where they're references to other nintendo games in this case they're all modern games because they're tie-ins to other releases luigi pokemon what have you um but what I think is the, the experimental side of this I think is very interesting is um, the game started as a free multiplayer mode. And they have consistently, regularly, since February, built a game around a mode and slowly tried it out. And some of it was free and some of it wasn't. But just the, the approach they took to taking this very simple concept and then sort of layering stuff on and making it constantly feel fresh with different themes or different modes or different big block DLC packs or whatever, Like I just thought was a really cool thing that kept it engaging for me and it's actually according to my switch stats my most played switch game this year because of all those constant changes i kept going back even if it was like you know half an hour here 45 minutes there whatever i was still constantly playing tetris 99 and it may not be the best game of the year but for me it's the one that resonated with me the most and i found to be really fun even up to this past week they've been doing stuff like last week they rolled out um a free team battle modes there's a whole new mode now and this mode is interesting where like you pick one of four elements as your team and then you collectively are fighting the other team so you're contributing to a a greater good if you will and um, if you die you're not necessarily done because there's other people playing for your team you could still end up being the winning team and get points that way and there's a neat little thing where you can actually go like other players who are doing really well on your team and you give them a little heart and they get alert as they're playing and stuff which is pretty cool uh the downside of team battle mode is 
if they so the match ends and it says hey you uh you know you're done you can like other players or if you want you can start a rematch so i was like oh cool i'm gonna do that and i eventually realized if i start a rematch before the match is over they don't count the match you have to actually wait for the match to end and watch the other players for it to count towards it so i lost all these points i could have been getting but but you know that's neither here nor there uh the broader point is they're constantly adding new stuff it's a constantly evolving game in a way that nintendo's never really done it before and it's such a simple idea that is so well executed in my mind and like they they even like finally let you play a friend online properly there's a password system for team battles you could send your password to your friend why it's not friendless i don't know but like even little things like this like i'm sure friendless integration is going to come next it's just constantly changing and i haven't i didn't even have to buy dlc to enjoy it i mean i did but i didn't have to like it's right. all the core stuff is free and that's with switch online twenty dollars a year but you know that's like to me just a re- it's a really cool different way that they approached it so that's why i like tetris 99 that's my game of the year for that reason um if we're talking indie game of the year because i don't have another system um another one i gush over and i've gushed over on the show before is sayonara wild heart it i will admit was kind of close like goose game's really good i really like how goose game's like this little puzzle box thing it's kind of like mario 64 i think was the analogy i made back in september when we talked about it um Actually, I think we talked about these two games in the same episode, so it's kind of funny that I'm pairing them up again. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sanar Wild Heart was just, like, this all-encompassing experience for me. It helped that it was something I could actually beat in a short amount of time because I'm not good at beating my game. So there was just getting the whole picture for once, which is a me thing, not a game thing. All these games, if I put in the time, could have done that, I'm sure. I would have been re- felt as rewarding. It would have felt as rewarding for me. But, like, with Sayonara, just... The music, the visuals, the gameplay, it all just gelled really well and was a very unique experience. Um, like The art style is really cool. The The music complements it so well. It's very pick-up-and-play. It felt like it was definitely a good game that I could just sit there with my Switch like, curled up on the couch and just play, which you can do with a lot of games, but this one just, I don't know. There's something about it that they just the developers really just nailed the concept, the execution. The fact that it had, like, even though it seems like this kind of like poppy fun thing, actually had like, a pretty emotional core and you learn over the course of the music and everything exactly what the game's about and it kind of has like this uplifting ending and anything it was just a very well done very indie experience that um yeah i have deeper impressions i make comparisons to how it's like a concept album but playable back in our september episode i'm not gonna rehash it here but essentially like it was a very unique idea i thought and i thought they nailed it so those are my two picks um kevin what about you uh nintendo game of the year uh, hands down, it's going to Pokemon Shield. Okay. Because man, that game, that game hit just right. It was, it came at the right time. Came, like man, years after I played a Pokemon game, I forgot how much like I love these things. Especially since the last oh, one that I the heartwarming. And, and, and admit it, Hop did it for you. Hop with the rhythm. Oh, yeah, oh my had to God, be Hop! It had to be Ghost. Hop. He grew on you, right? No, God, Hop no? still. No, Hop still no, no, sucks. No, 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 no redemption arc. No, God, Hop still sucks. There but... is. I forgot where I saw it. A whole online conversation about the awfulness of Hop. Like yeah. I'm talking like a he's ten, terrible. It might have been on reset error. It's like a yeah, never ending thread. Yeah, he sucks. He's the worst. Uh, what doesn't suck? Pokemon Shield. Uh yeah, man, just uh, it's just it's like an addiction. Just like oh, I'm, ju- I'm just gonna be in the wild area. I'm gonna collect everything that I can. I'm gonna level up everything that I can. I'm just gonna fill up this Pokedex. That's that's a whole different issue that a lot of people had. Not for me personally. It's just the art style is great. The music's great. It's just if to me, this is a complete package of a game. 
But it's missing 400 Pokemon. <laughs> not, not to, not to me. Yeah, but, yeah. but man, yeah, the that game just nice, just is like a whole different level for me. Uh, especially considering like the last game that I played was still, was still 3D. Was was Diamond and Pearl? Yes. Yeah, but were they still 2D sprites like yes. in 3D? Yeah. yeah. Like it's it was especially like going from Mac, an, from like from an iPhone this. 3G yeah. to iPhone to 10, a, to, a, to a 10, you know. So. Never gonna forget that when Pokemon Black came out, I remember one of the art directors was saying that Pokemon, the mainline games, will never not be sprites because sprites is like the best way that they can get the personalities out of the Pokemon. Until Nintendo went, we're not making handhelds anymore, and they're like, crap. Well, next was X and Y, but <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, so they're like, yep, let's see how long that lasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's Nintendo. Chill. Yeah. Uh, Overall, Sekiro, which is weird because we like. You forgot that, it even that, came out this year one, at one point. Yeah, I, I I totally forgot that that yeah. game came out this year. But but like in retrospect, yeah, Sekiro is probably my game of the year. It's I love those from software like Soulsborne games, uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls one, two, three, Bloodborne. And so I was really excited when they announced this game. But it just pretty much turns that genre on its head mm-hmm. because before that the game have a subtitle. Oh yeah, Shadows Die Twice. A shadows die. Shadows die twice. Oh, shadows die twice. Yeah. Oh, it's a post one. This is a really not subtle way of being like, I have to write this down for our timestamps, but so I'll act like I'm asking you the subtitle because I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of both. I, I know, wasn't I sure. Know, I know. I'm just kidding. But yeah, um, yeah, those, those Soulsborne games, I I love Bloodborne. Bloodborne's probably my game of the decade. Probably Whoa. my favorite game of all time. I mean, if we want to open the can of worms, <laughs> <for> game <laughs> no, of the decade, no, I have an no, answer. No, but, but I have an answer. But uh, but um, the it's like there's that running joke of like get good mm-hmm. in those oh, old games uh, that, that quote can yeah freaking Sekiro spawn that no Sekiro didn't spawn that it was it was, <laughs> it was Demon Souls and Dark Souls but like yeah, in those it. games you could just grind and grind and, and get like a higher like more health more stamina in this game you have none of that it's literally just your skill oh interesting and those were the hardest 45 hours of my life I was on a discord server with somebody on a voice channel and the guttural noise that that came out of my mouth when I beat the final boss scared <laughs> scared the crap out of the guy that that I was on the on the server with. Like that's, that's how intense I was when yeah. I beat that final boss. And oh man, that that no, game, right. game was great. It did spawn the quote. Get what good? get good? I thought predates. Oh it. no, I'm talking about the the Hollow Victory. Quote. Oh yeah, that that guy's. Oh yeah, when that that yeah, whole discussion I about the phrase "get good." Yeah, oh, you're talking no. about the you did. Oh, yeah, you gained that, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that, you, that yeah, was yeah, that was one of the best. Yeah, you cheated yourself. Oh, here, yeah. Uh, where is it? You know, if we were, right, I heard it. You cheated not only the game but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You experienced the Hollow Victory. Nothing was risked and nothing was gained. It's sad that you don't know the difference. As somebody who loves this game, <laughs> that guy sucks. Also, that, that that guy's terrible. But that's a that's a whole. Join us in there for like gaming meme of the year. I would say that is definitely a contender. But the winner is for sure all the goose everything. The untitled goose of oh, just inserting him in random stuff. In my opinion, was like oh. the best meme. Wait, but anyway, what was the gaming tweet of the year according to the game? Award? Oh, it was I regret nothing with the Mario Maker stage. Oh, okay. which is the best one of yeah. For some reason, I somehow missed that. Because it was in a commercial. No, yeah, like that's why I, I missed it. And then, like when I came back, I saw like I saw someone posted that, but they didn't. They obviously, put a different that... tweet on there, and it was just Danny DeVito just saying gaming. Oh, that reminds me. By the way, Twitter had a crazy setup in the lobby of the Microsoft Theater 
where it's like the gaming tweet of the year and it was on a pedestal and it was a glowing cube that was floating and spinning in midair oh, yeah, and each side of it was a different tweet that's what they showed it on our oh it was on the feed yeah oh i thought i remember you didn't see it because i remember you well, sure you didn't see my picture of it that i tweeted well what i when, when i saw the faked danny devito tweet it was on that oh okay because yeah that thing like it was on that it's funny because i was taking a picture of it and the twitter reps like hey you know something cool I'm like what he's like well one here's an at game an at twitter gaming sticker but two magnets I'm like what he's like look it's floating I'm like oh you're right okay cool and i walk away because they, they lit the thing where you couldn't actually see it was flowing because it was dark under right. the floating part. I'm saying right a shadow's there. Yeah, but it's super, it's super, it was super slick once you realize what was going on. But the future. Anyway, so um, I feel like we interrupted you. No, that, no that's, that, that's all I had to Are say we doing games of the decade real quick? No. <laughs> no. I know mine. Your, is no. your Joy Bloodborne? Bloodborne, yeah. Mine's, uh, with, I mean, I'm just going to Pokemon Go. It's the one that most I found it to be such an interesting, different, rewarding experience. It got me playing games with people in ways that I didn't before. It was. It reminded me today I got a push notification telling me I can now take pictures of Badoof with my friends, which is a real notification I received, and I love it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're not gonna name one, huh? Because there's too many. No, I, I there's an obviously uh, there's an obvious one, but I'm not gonna. We, we didn't sign up for this, so I have to. Well, listen, it's called improv. It's yes and, not no but. No and a big but. Oh okay, no, and kidding. you cannot lie. Oh, no. Dumb. No, it, it, it would. Uh, if, if I had to pick a game of the decade, it would easily be Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, because they mm. all kind of built up to that game. Because I always felt Rhythm Heaven Fever should have been on the 3DS, and then mm-hmm. they kind of corrected that. But that game, it's funny. Like it's not multiplayer heavy. It's not complex in any way. It's as simple as a game could possibly get. But it was just like the most like cathartic experience. Is that am I using that word right? But, yeah, like, I just, like, from beginning to end, there was, like, no crazy objectives. I just loved every bit of it. I think I played that game with, like, a smile the whole time. And it's the game I probably replayed the most amount of times, either just to enjoy the game again, because I just liked it that much, mm-hmm. or to play it with my eyes closed, or to play it with, like, some kind of, like, modification that I would just do. But I even did, like, the stupid goat, like, pachinko game that's in there, just because, like, I just hated that you have to do that to get the golden goat medal. But essentially, there's like a metal ball. <laughs> you literally are spewing gibberish. Right now. <laughs> so there's a pachinko. There's a in, inside rhythm heaven. There is like this pachinko machine that has a goat all the way in the bottom, where you have to toss the ball up. Well, the ball is like a beat, and then as it falls through the pachinko machine, if it lands on the goat, the goat will eat it, and the goat will level up and give you a, a medal. Question: Is it a beat because it's a rhythm game? But you have to spend coins to play this pachinko machine, and to get those coins, you have to do good in these specific levels. Yeah. So you have to make sure you definitely don't mess up that toss on the pachinko machine, which is already random. And sometimes the goat moves mid toss. And yeah, if you, I think get like, it was either a hundred or 999, some ridiculous number because I did it over the airplane and you get like the golden goat in your little album of medals. And, and you got you know, it. Yeah, and I got it. I love how you're like, I'm not talking about Game of Decade. I'm not prepared for this. And then you're like, let me open my 12-page speed real quick. <laughs> well, because that's like the easy one. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that's how I was a Pokemon I just love that I could always pick it up. And like, in no situation has it ever like gotten me. Like, Smash Brothers, like, yeah, it's fun. I love it. But i sometimes not in the mood for it. And I feel like yeah. I could, I'm always down to play Rhythm Heaven. Fair. Well, there you go, everyone. Our Games of the Year, our Games of the Decade. But we're not done yet because oh, we boy. have to announce our three day and night contest winners. Day so, and night. Um, Yes, all of you, Kid Cudi is coming to your home 
to perform one song that he never plays live anymore. And that's <laughs> is it. that real? <laughs> no, uh, I, don't, I haven't heard him play a lot or heard about him oh, okay. live in a long time. But no, Would he's not you know though? Would you know? I've seen him live enough times I have not heard it at that I've been like, I don't think he plays it anymore. Early yeah, years, yeah, when, was the, when was the last time you heard him live? Really? Yeah. Four weeks ago, maybe oh, five. Never mind then. That you're gonna say something <laughs> he, he like played, a couple of years ago. Like, no, how would you know? He played Complex Con in early November when I went. So five, six weeks ago, maybe. Well, maybe he um, has bigger hits. Well, that one, no, that I one was he was purposely doing like lesser known stuff from his early work because it was a celebrating the anniversary of his album. Point is, Dan, I thought it was like Radiohead. Were, like they got so sick of playing Creep that oh, they I, just I, put I it out. Radiohead. Wait, yeah. oh, I was thinking Monkey Talk. That's man, how uh, John Mayer is with Buy Is a Wonderland as well. I've learned from my coworker who's a huge John Mayer fan. Wait, who does um, Walkie Talkie Man? Oh, the, uh, just the some jerks random, or something some like random that? band <laughs> called like that, the like, Jerks that had that song. I have it on my phone. I'll tell you, it's uh, oh, God. I mean, I have it in my Apple Music library from back when I was younger. Uh, Walkie. Huh. I'm surprised Kid Cudi doesn't play Day and Night anymore. Uh, Stereogram. Oh, Stereogram. Oh, don't act like you knew Stereogram. <laughs> well, I only knew it because I liked that song, and it was well because of. Why did I get? Because Walkie Talkie. Oh, because of Leapit Agents. Uh, see, it all ties back to video games. Point being, our day and night contest winners, not the song, the game. Uh, so we asked you guys what's your favorite puzzle game, and I picked three people. Uh, here's the answers, and all three of you are winning a copy of the game, expected in your email in the coming days. First up, we have Robert W., who said that Picross is his favorite puzzle game because he loves the combination of solving the puzzles logically and building the final picture. And if he had to pick a specific game, it would be Picross 3D on the DS which was a fantastic 3D cre- uh, twist on the formula along with satisfying controls and sound effects. I do find it funny that Picross was 3D on the DS but went back to 2D on the 3DS. He didn't say that. That's my anecdote. Um, so yeah, you get copy number one, Robert. Congrats. Copy number two goes to Game Night, who said, I like Zelda, if that counts, and I applaud the originality. It's like what we were saying last episode about it doesn't have to be what you think it is. Um, also, real quick, back to Robert. Check out Murder by Numbers. That's Picross, but also Ace Attorney. Uh, Angel's not going to buy it, so maybe you will. Um, and winner number three is Foul Cox with two X's, and he said Puzzle Bobble. P- wow, I tripped on that. Puzzle Bobble, which you know is one I never think about when I think about puzzle games, but it's like a classic. Yeah. It's like Bust a Move, but not. I like Bust a Move. Yeah. I just never think of it when I think of puzzle games. So anyway, congrats to all three of you. Emails are coming in the coming days. I'll have your codes. Uh, we're going to have one last giveaway for the year on our oh. Twitter. If you follow at Round Nintendo, we will soon be tweeting a very simple retweet this to win, follow and retweet to win um, $30 eShop gift card giveaway. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it also helps to just follow us so you don't miss any future episodes because we're going to be back on January 5th with our first show of 2020. And we'll probably have a look ahead at what's in store for Nintendo in the year and what we've been playing. Maybe Bee Simulator, maybe Earth Knight. Um, so yeah, you can stay tuned for all that. And to make sure you don't miss it, besides Twitter, We'll finally have... More full impressions of Dragon Quest. Oh, right, because you picked that up too. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna, it's going to be a doozy of an episode. But yeah, to make sure you don't miss it, um, you can follow or like I said, follow us on Twitter where the contest is. But also subscribe to us on every podcast app known to man: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. We're on YouTube, RamNintendo.com. Uh, we're on Pandora. We are everywhere, everywhere. We are in your bedroom. We are in your bedroom right under now. your bed right now and on that note you can also follow us individually on twitter i'm jsr7 angels wero w-e-i-r-o underscore o kevin is kvn gomez we're tweeting from under your bed right now and um before we give you your final word the last final word of the year and decade it occurred to me earlier in the show this shows how badly i am about playing my games i was like i own pokemon shield i do not i own pokemon 
<laughs> You're the worst. What? <laughs> I don't know how I got that mixed up. <laughs> you of all people to get your own know. gimmicks up. I don't uh, know how I did that. You make me sick. Um, Kevin, final word of the decade as we uh, just really just nice little wholesome happy holidays. Everybody have a safe uh, Christmas. Uh, what do you, what do you guys do? Chronica, <laughs> which is going on right have, now. Have a safe holiday. New Year's. Yeah, happy New Year. So much for giving him the last word. You said the All last right, word. give another last word. Oh man, drink. No, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>